symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Turn it on and rip the knob off. guys and welcome back to the wrestling memory grenade and we're now at episode number 80 another nice round number there and i am your host a slightly under the weather ray russell here this week now guys i want to apologize i wanted to get episode 80 out last week i woke up mentally prepared to record but my vocals were gone yes if i spoke more than two words in a row my voice would go out if i tried to elevate my voice my voice would go out So it was relatively impossible to record an episode last week. However, in place of episode 80, I did drop the brand new Regional Wrestling episode, bonus episode here on the Grenade of the Regional Wrestling podcast with Kerry Silken, former owner of Ring of Honor. Kerry Silken joined the show, talked about his childhood growing up in the New York Territory, and I assure you a lot more to come from Kerry here in the weeks and months to come. So we didn't get episode 80 out like I wanted. We did get a bonus episode, Kerry Silken. On regional wrestling, I didn't hear anyone complaining. Lots of great feedback there. I appreciate all of you guys. And I am back. I am only human, you know. And I feel like I went years, if not decades, without catching a cold or, or, or the flu or things like that. But I feel like ever since I got COVID back in, uh, what was it, April of 2021, I, it just seems like I'm more susceptible. I don't know if that's mentally or what the deal is, but it just seems like I'm more susceptible to getting catching these these colds and these other common things that the kids are bringing home from school. feels like almost every month here this school year. So my, one of my kids brought it home. It passed along to a few of the kids. And then my wife got it about two days before me. And I thought, once again, whew, I thought I escaped it. And apparently not caught up with me last week. And uh, I had no voice for the better part of three days. It did come back sometime around Saturday evening. And I've been working on it ever since. It's back to, I'd say, 90% at this point, cutting out a little bit on me. This won't be perfect, but we had to get the show in, guys. It is episode 80 as we talk May of 1987 in the WWF. Yes, we're going to continue on. On last edition, episode 79, we covered the weekend of May 2nd through the 4th. We talked Superstars Wrestling Challenge and Primetime Wrestling. We also talked the May 2nd edition of Saturday Night's Main Event. What a fun time that was. But we continue on with the month of May here this week. We're going to take a look at a whole bunch of May news and a ton of results as well. But before we do that, just a reminder, you can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade and our sister shows, like Monday Warfare, The Battles Within, where we talk all about the Raw versus Nitro War. And of course, you can also listen to the brand new Regional Wrestling Podcast, where we talk the territories as part of the WrestleCopia Podcast Network on WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met, from Apple to Spotify, Google, and beyond. And of course, I have to mention our social media accounts. Follow us on Twitter, at Rasslin Grenade, that's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also follow and like us, Facebook.com slash Rasslin Grenade. Be sure to follow us on social media for all the latest goings on here at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. And I'm also constantly adding old school video clips and pictures from throughout wrestling history. Also, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com slash Rasslin Grenade, where I am uploading new footage all the time 
as I continue to preserve my old VHS collection by converting it all to digital. Tons of new 1987 WWF up there. Also, lots of new episodes of the UWF slash Mid-South Wrestling from 1986. Pretty soon going to start uploading some Georgia Championship Wrestling from 1980-1981 as I prepare another project with Jamie Ward on the Regional Wrestling Podcast. Going to cover the beginning of the 1980s and Georgia Championship Wrestling. And for those curious, more episodes of Mid-South Wrestling, Bill Watts' UWF in 86 coming very soon to Regional Wrestling. Roman Gomez, the former co-host of the Mid-Atlantic Championship Podcast, going to join me for that venture. And you guys can follow along as we talk about 1986 in the Mid-South Territory. I'm posting each and every episode of Mid-South Wrestling, the UWF, from 86 on our YouTube channel in chronological order so you guys can follow along. I'm also posting tons of the Houston Wrestling Territory from 1986 on there because, well, Paul Bosch was in cahoots with Bill Watts there in the early to mid-80s. So lots of great Mid-South action taking place at the Sam Houston Coliseum as well. And speaking of the Sam Houston Coliseum, well, we'll get to that in just a little bit here on this episode of The Grenade. But now is a great time, guys, to become a patron. A WrestleCopia patron, of course. You can find us there at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That's patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Multiple tiers to choose from, but I only ask you guys to give it a go at that $5 all-access tier. Get you all of my insanely detailed show notes for the Wrestling Memory Grenade, Monday Warfare, and now the Regional Wrestling Podcast as well. You'll also receive early access to many of the podcasts here on WrestleCopia. You can listen days, sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. Plus, remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade covering the 1989 NWA project. What does that include? Well, remastered means enhanced sound quality, and new content and conversations. Originally edited out of the initial broadcast due to time restraints, edited right back into the shows. But that's not all. You'll also receive digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure. I've already dropped a dozen here in the month of February on the Patreon all-access tier. Yes, a dozen new digital downloads for our patrons here in the month of February, and the month's not over. All of that, and of course, our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series covering many past WWF and WCW pay-per-views, Coliseum videos, Saturday night's main events, Clash of the Champions, and so much more. You get all of that, plus random bonus videos and more for the low, low price of just $5. Early access, insanely detailed show notes for three of our podcast shows, Patreon-exclusive watch-alongs, remastered episodes with new content, digital downloads, and so much more for just $5. No subscription, cancel anytime. Please show your support if you can. Give it a try for a month, and I think you'll like the content we offer, and every penny of it goes right back in to the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. So please, if you can, help us pay some of the bills to keep the WrestleCopia Podcast Network up and running for the years to come. And with all of that out of the way, it's time to start May 1987 news here in the World Wrestling Federation. And right away, we kick things off. We talk about Jake the Snake Roberts. And it appears the Snake Man is indeed injured. Jake Roberts is out of action right now, reportedly with torn ligaments in his shoulder. He did work the April 28th Saturday night main event taping against Kamala, but began missing dates beginning the following day, April 29th. Apparently the problem legitimately started when the Honky Tonk Man hit him in the shoulder with his guitar. You remember the Snake Pit angle. 
Demeltz reports that Jake's continual wrestling and lifting weights after the injury with the bad shoulder made the problem really bad. And right now, it's reported that Roberts has virtually no strength or movement in his bad arm. Now, Jake may be injured, but he's not off the road. He will continue to work as a second or corner man for some of the babyface matches replacing him on the house shows. He'll also continue to record his snake pit segments while recuperating. Now, Demelt says it hasn't been determined at this point if Jake will need surgery or not. If he needs surgery, he'll probably be out for a couple of months. If not, he'll still likely be out of action for at least a few more weeks. Now, in reality, hindsight being 2020, Jake is out from April 29th through June 19th, nearly eight weeks off the road here, at least out of the ring for Jake the Snake Roberts, really hindering that ongoing feud with the Hockey Talk Man. Jake Roberts gone, Jake Roberts done for the next two months as far as in-ring action goes. So that's a pretty big deal because Jake was one of those names they were really solidly behind pushing coming out of WrestleMania 3 as one of the semi-main event baby faces, if you will. But we roll on. We talked about this. We touched on this last month when we talked April news here in the World Wrestling Federation. Well, we're going to get into it here today. Barry Orton, Barry O, the brother of Cowboy Bob Orton, was in an auto accident on April 28th, 1987. You see, Barry O was hospitalized following a vehicle wreck near Tempe, Arizona. Barry O suffered a broken collarbone and broken ribs in the car wreck. However, the wreck killed his passenger, one Sherry Joe Bennett of Livermore, California. So Barry O in a very serious car accident, he himself breaks his collarbone, breaks a few ribs, but unfortunately his passenger dies in the wreck. But the story, it doesn't end there because you see Barry O was then arrested six days later while still in a hospital bed, May 4th at St. Luke's Hospital, Barry O was recuperating from said car accident when he was arrested by the local police. Barry O scheduled to have a hearing here later in the month of May on the charges stemming from the death of Sherry Joe Bennett, and we'll continue to follow that story. As we move on for now, though, a royal dispute, as it would appear that the Miami Herald has reported that Jerry Lawler, Jerry the King Lawler, is suing Titan Sports, the World Wrestling Federation, and of course, Harley Race over stealing his king gimmick. Because of the lawsuit by Jerry Lawler, Titan now billing Race as King Harley Race rather than The King Harley Race. A change which Meltzer says not only means nothing, but should go totally unnoticed by the wrestling fans. So the WWF trying to get wise here. Okay, he can't be The King, so we'll just call him King Harley Race. Kind of insert the word into his name clever there by those at the WWF. However, that won't fly in the city of Memphis because a Memphis court judge ruled that due to Jerry Lawler's lawsuit against the WWF for promoting Harley Race as a king of wrestling, Race will no longer be able to use that nickname in the state of Tennessee, nor can he even come to the ring wearing his robe and crown. So Harley Race not permitted to be the king in the state of Tennessee. So Jerry Lawler wins a small battle there. Kind of like when the country of Canada didn't want Jacques Rougeau portraying a evil Mountie. So whenever the Mountie went up north, he had to wrestle as Jacques Rougeau. So I guess the record leaves Harley Race with 49 states and Jerry Lawler with one. So 49 and one. I'm sure the king will take that one. As we move on, Outback Jack is in the outhouse here. Outback Jack's new hairstyle that we'll see here on upcoming weeks of TV. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I'll try to post some matches up on YouTube as well. 
But Outback he seemed to have had what I would refer to as almost the Hulk Hogan look of sorts. Now, of course, we know Outback's hair not nearly as long as Hogan's. But what I mean is it's almost like a reverse bowl cut. The entire top of Outback's hair is missing. And that's because of the British Bulldogs. You see, the story goes that Davy Boy Smith distracted Outback Jack with a conversation while the Dynamite Kid took Jack's hat that he wears to the ring and squirted super glue around the brim of the hat so that when Outback put it back on, you guessed it, it would stick to his head. And Outback Jack's hat wound up sticking to his scalp. He had to rip it off, ripping his hair all up, pulling it out. I'm sure some of it by the roots. Now, if I remember correctly, I think he eventually cuts his hair all down to one size, but he looks absolutely ridiculous with it. And it's all part of this quote-unquote rib from the Dynamite Kid. Poor bloke is Outback Jack. No worries, mate. I'm Outback Jack. And the Dynamite Kid sometimes makes it hard to feel sorry for the Dynamite Kid. But we'll have more on the hazing and the bullying of poor Outback Jack from the Dynamite Kid coming here in June of 1987 news. Don't you guys worry about it. But for now, the show rolls on. And if you recall, last month in April 87, I discussed all of the new talent reportedly heading into the WWF over the next couple months. Ted DiBiase, the one-man gang, the ultimate warrior. Superstar Graham headed back. Killer Khan has arrived. Bam Bam Bigelow. Sam Houston. The list goes on. But the acquisitions, those, they just keep coming. Yes, now a few more names headed into the WWF. Or so it would seem. First, I title this a rude awakening for the NWA. You see, Rick Rude missed the NWA TV tapings on May 23rd and then missed the Chicago House show the following day, May 24th, with no explanation. So something may be up there, speculates DeMeltz. You see, Rick Rude is the current co-holder of the NWA World Tag Team titles, along with the Raging Bull Manny Fernandez. And Rude and Fernandez, they've had those belts since December 6th of last year, defeating the Rock and Roll Express. So they've been champions for about six months now. Now, I went back and watched an interview that Manny Fernandez did on this situation. He said that, no doubt about it, Jim Crockett promotions were robbing Rick Rude blind, giving him way less money than what Manny Fernandez was making. And being Rude's partner, the Raging Bull told Rick about the money discrepancy. Manny admitted that he and Rick Rude were fine in singles competition, but that they, that's collectively, were really over as a tag team. It was only fair that Rude got equal to what Manny Fernandez was getting. Crockett, though, essentially forced Rude's hand by shortchanging him in his paycheck, so Rick Rude was essentially forced out of JCP, whether they wanted him gone or not. Rude found a better offer in the World Wrestling Federation, and Manny Fernandez, his partner, told him to go take it. Get that money, brother. So we will be seeing Rick Rude pop up here in the World Wrestling Federation by the first week of June. And you want to get a kick out of this. Dave Meltzer's thoughts on Rick Root's star power in the WWF. And I quote, DeMelt says, I can't imagine Root as anything more than a prelim guy here. Is that so, Meltz? A prelim guy, Rick Root. And this is the guy you people base your star ratings off of. So Rick Root headed in, but we're not done yet. No, sir. We're going to go rocking after midnight. You see the WWF continuing to add the top talent from elsewhere to stack the box. Not only grabbing NWA Tag Team Champion Rick Rude, but also grabbing the AWA World Tag Team Champions, you may have heard of them, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, the Midnight Rockers. Now, the Rockers do drop the belts, the AWA Tag Team titles, on May the 25th before they're scheduled to come in. 
unlike Rick Rude, who left as champion. But make no mistake about it, Vern Gagne not happy with the Rockers leaving town. So the Rockers dropped the belts May 25th in the AWA, and then five days later, May the 30th, at the WWF card at the St. Paul Civic Center, AWA Country, after a match between the Hart Foundation and the British Bulldogs, listen to this, the Rockers shocked the crowd by coming out to ringside after the match and challenging the Hart Foundation to a future title match. Think about that for a second. You're in AWA country. You probably know the talent in the AWA. The Rockers were just the World Tag Team Champions there five days prior. You go to the WWF house show. You watch the Hart Foundation and the British Bulldogs, two of the best teams ever, get in the ring, do their thing. The Hearts retain. And then the Midnight Rockers from the AWA come out and challenge the Hart Foundation to an upcoming title match, a potential match. Down the line, unbelievable things going on here in the WWF right now. And here's what the Meltz had to say about this one. He said, while I don't think Rick Rude's loss to the NWA has any real effect on JCP, the Rockers were the most important act in leading drawing cards in most of the AWA cities. And it's quite obvious that one of the reasons they must have looked so appealing to Titan was that Titan failed recently in its attempt to sign the AWA's other leading talent, Kurt Hennig. Remember, we go back a few episodes here in the Grenade. It was reported that Kurt Hennig had committed not once but twice to joining the WWF over the last several months. First, Vern Gagne turned him heel and told him he'd get him the belt. Then when the belt never came to fruition, Hennig said, fuck this, I'm not sitting here any longer. I'm headed over to the World Wrestling Federation, and wouldn't you know it, within a matter of days, maybe a week or two, Kurt Hennig, the new AWA champion, just to keep him signed with the AWA. So Vince couldn't have their top heels, so what does he do? He goes out and takes their World Tag Team Champions, their top draw, if you will, the Rockers here. So Vince making plays for the champions for his remaining competition. Now, Demels also hypothesizes that the arrival of the Rockers may spell doom for the future prospects of Rick Martell and Tom Zink, the Can-Am connection, who just didn't get over nearly as well as many of us thought they would, says Demels. Now, I don't know what programs Dr. Meltz has been watching, but the Can-Am connection, certainly over with the fans. Really good in the ring, though I have to admit the Rockers' next level here. But Meltzer goes on. He says, if you recall, when Martell and Zink arrived, it was the Rujo brothers who were getting the big push, which ended abruptly. It's quite obvious all of Titan's teams, in the fans' eyes, have no drawing power on their own and are considered interchangeable. Now, for the Rockers to get over, they'd have to quickly win the belts or they'll quickly fall into the same category as all of the teams before them. Let me stop you right there. The Rougeau brothers, as babyfaces, were never going to be a Rockers. They were never going to be a Can-Am connection. They just didn't have that it factor here with the WWF crowds. Now, I'm not denying their success in Montreal and a few other territories that Jacques traveled through from time to time. But on the national scale here, at least here in the United States, the Rougeaus were never going to be that team and the babyface side of things. The Can-Am connection, certainly over enough to get a tag team title run, no doubt about that. But the Rockers, they were just something special. Now, a lot of you guys might be saying to yourselves, wait a minute, I don't remember seeing the Rockers until 1988, or am I just remembering wrong? No, you're not wrong, guys. You see, the Rockers stay in the WWF won't last too long. But we'll get to that in June news in just a few weeks' time here on the show. For now, we roll on with more news here in the month of May in the Oh My Boy department. Oh My Boy. Jim Barnett whose official title with the WWF was Director of Operations for Titan Sports, attempted to commit suicide here in 87. Apparently, at one point, it was touch and go on whether or not he'd pull through. 
after an apparent well-induced overdose on pills. Barnett, who is 62, is probably one of the most well-known within the wrestling business, a graduate of Harvard. Barnett got into the wrestling business with Fred Kohler in Chicago back in the 1950s and for most of the past three and a half decades was one of the most powerful promoters in the entire wrestling business. Barnett's reputation within the wrestling business was one of always being in the right place at the right time. Others say Barnett had a tremendous knack for building up a promotion in a big way, but always knew when to bail out just before his hot-shotting ways would burn out the territory. We go back to the 50s. It was Kohler and Barnett attempting a national promotion through their exposure on the old Dumont network in the early 1950s, but after losing the network TV, the business dropped off there up in Chicago. Barnett then resurfaced in Detroit and gave them a few big years up there in Michigan before the bottom fell out again in the early 1960s. Barnett then went over to Australia, for reportedly good reasons, and created World Championship Wrestling, the original WCW, over in Australia, where it was reported that Barnett allegedly made millions, and I don't think you can argue that, before leaving the country due to tax problems and resurfacing in Atlanta during the Georgia Wars between the NWA and Ann Gunkel. And of course, Barnett, in charge of Georgia Championship Wrestling during its glory days in the 1970s, before losing out a power struggle to Ole Anderson near the end of 1982. But Barnett also played a big part in the WWF's taking over of the Georgia Territory and WTBS by not only selling his shares of GCW, but convincing Jack and Jerry Briscoe to do the same, leaving Ole Anderson holding the bags. I believe Ole only had maybe 10% of the Georgia Territory, so Ole loses his promotion. He loses his 605 TBS time slot to Vince McMahon and most of his wrestlers leave the company as well. All of that thanks to Jim Barnett. Oh, my boy. And, of course, Vince's gratitude for orchestrating all of that. After the Georgia sellout to Vince McMahon, Barnett wound up with Titan in 1984, where he's been ever since here, leading into 1987, where we are right now. It's reported that this suicide attempt was actually done, in part, after Barnett found out he was let go by the WWF here in 87. But Jim Barnett was a key factor in the, the professional wrestling business for, like, like I said, at least the last 35 years here, from the early 50s all the way here into 1987. I believe he was let go by the WWF. I've heard people even claim, and I have no you know, dog in this fight. I have no idea the true story here, but I've heard claim that this was a, uh, an attention-getting attempted suicide, that Barnett really didn't take enough pills to commit suicide. Again, these are just things that people have reported over the years. People have said over the years, I have no idea truly what happened here. And I don't make light of, of suicide or people's mental health, people's mental well-being. But it is quite the story to read about here in 1987. But we move on with the show, though, and we talk a little bit about Saturday night's main event, the May 2nd edition, a little SNME news, if you will, as Titan held its Saturday night's main event taping on April 28th, South Bend, Indiana, before a sellout crowd of 9,345 fans. One interesting thing about the show is that the advanced sales for the card were dangerously low, reports Dave Meltzer. He says he heard it was less than 2,000 tickets just a few days before the card, and to save the show, they added a tag team match, which wasn't aired on television, with Hulk Hogan and a mystery partner, who turned out to be Ken Patera, going up against Andre the Giant and Bobby the Brain Heenan. So originally scheduled... Hogan and mystery partner Patera taking on Andre and Bobby Heenan. So a lot of factors to look at here. Hogan going to get his hands 
on Bobby Heenan. Patera going to get his hands on Bobby Heenan. And then Hogan and Andre for the first time since WrestleMania 3. Now, unfortunately, due to his neck injury, Bobby Heenan's replaced in this match by the mighty Hercules. But Titan announced the match on local TV in that South Bend Notre Dame market just a week before the taping took place. They also took out a half-page ad in the local newspaper every day that week leading up to the card. And give them credit, DeMelt says they got a tremendous walk-up and sold the place out. And we touched on this last week, but that tag team match, Hogan and Patera versus Hercules and Andre the Giant ended with Hogan pinning the mighty Hercules. No surprise there. Now let's talk a little ratings here for Saturday night's main event because it was indeed the first ever SNME without a Hulk Hogan match on the show. And it still drew a 9.5 rating and a 26 share on the overnights, which is down from the past three episodes of Saturday Night's Main Event. However, considering there wasn't a Hulk Hogan match on the card, Meltzer says that this rating was still very strong and has to be a good sign for the WWF moving forward. Now, first of all, let's go back to that rating. 9.5 in 2023 would be insane. And maybe it didn't reach the ratings of the last three Saturday Night Main Event broadcasts, but let's look at this just for a minute, okay? A 9.5 rating, guys. Let's round it up to 10. A rating is based on the percentage of homes with TV sets in the United States. So we round up to 10 there. That's 10%. That's one out of every 10 homes with a TV set here in the U.S. watched Saturday night's main event. But let's look at that a little deeper. The share. The share is what tells the tale here. And I've explained this on the Monday Warfare podcast in the past. Remember, a share is based on the homes who had their TV sets on during this time period. A 26 share, that's 26% of the homes who were watching TV at this time of night. That's one out of every four homes in the United States headed on Saturday night's main event if they were watching TV. And remember, this wasn't even as good as the prior three. That's just how much wrestling was booming during this period. We're going to move on with some other random news before I break it down with the Houston wrestling territory. And in other random news, DeMelt says fans are cheering demolition in their house show matches with the Islanders, so there's talk that the Islanders are going to become full-fledged preliminary heels. Well, he's half right. Heels, yes. Preliminary? Hardly. It's also reported that Sam Houston is in to replace Black Jack Mulligan in the Battle of the Texans feud with the outlaw Ron Bass. We'll have to see if that actually happens. Plus, Rebel Dick Slater has quit the World Wrestling Federation. We haven't seen him once on syndicated TV here in 1987. Slater finishing up on April 20th with a loss to Tiger Chung Lee. I'd quit too. Talk about dropping the ball, WWF. You have Dick Slater here. Not only do you make him a babyface, but you give him a Southerner gimmick in a New York territory. And as we touched on earlier in this episode, Kurt Hennig is now the AWA World Heavyweight Champion in order to keep him from jumping over to the WWF. So we won't see Kurt in the WWF just yet. At this point in some house show markets, it also seems like they're testing the waters for another babyface turn. It appears that the Steamboat Savage feud is reportedly coming to an end at the month of May, and none too soon, I might add. And already planned for future house shows in some markets is the Macho Man Randy Savage taking on the Honky Tonk Man in the month of June. Very interesting there. And we've got a lot of house show results to get to, a lot of sound bites to listen to here this week. But before we do that, 
the WWF has acquired yet another territory here. Yes, all the way here in 1987, Vince McMahon's still taking over some regional promotions, and this time, they head down to the Houston Wrestling Office and promoter Paul Bosch. We're going to look at Vince McMahon and his takeover of the Houston Wrestling Promotion. It's been a while, guys, and I'm bringing it back. We're going to take a look at the WWF taking over the Houston Territory, and we're going to break it down. Break it down! All right, before we discuss Houston wrestling and its demise being consumed by the WWF here, we have to briefly touch on its promoter. At this time, and for the past 20 years here, by 1987, I'm talking about Paul Bosch. A former wrestler himself, Bosch served as a, a top lifeguard once upon a time early in his life, saving more than 130 lives. He was a commanding officer for his Army infantry during World War II, where he was awarded many decorations, including the Purple Heart, the Silver Star, the Bronze Star, and the French Croix. That's cross. Now, Bosch became a pro wrestler back in the 1930s and would continue in the ring until a car accident caused him injuries to his leg, forcing him out of the ring. Bosch then went on to turn to commentating. Yes, he became a wrestling commentator, beginning on the radio for the Houston Wrestling Office all the way back 40 years ago in 1947, also becoming the first TV announcer for Houston Wrestling in 1949. Bosch was in the Houston Wrestling Office for 20 years when then-promoter Morris Siegel passed away in December of 66. It wasn't but a matter of weeks or a few months before Bosch bought the promotion from Siegel's wife and began promoting in 1967. Now, Houston Wrestling was a very interesting dynamic. It wasn't like Memphis or Mid-South or Florida in the fact that it was a standalone promotion Mostly one city, that being Houston, with no studio wrestling, no quote-unquote TV tapings with, with the squash matches and the like. For the most part, Paul ran the Sam Houston Coliseum every two to three weeks, and many of the matches would wind up airing on his TV program, along with pre-match interviews and many times post-match interviews setting up return matches and things of that nature for the following Coliseum event. Now, given the layout of the Houston territory, needless to say, there wasn't much homegrown talent that just sat around and worked only the city of Houston. So Bosch would bring in the NWA world champion, at times later on the AWA world champion, and other random novelty talent like Andre the Giant, Mil Mascaras, the lady wrestlers, the midgets, talent up from Mexico. And when Paul eventually had a falling out with NWA world champion Harley Race, who may or may not have intentionally no-showed some of Bosch's events, Paul simply switched over to the AWA champion, Nick Bockwinkle. Bosch would also typically work with another territory to fill out his cards, whether it was Southwest, Dallas, and most recently, an agreement with Mid-South Wrestling and Bill Watts for the past several years here. I want to say at least the last four years, Bill Watts has been producing the talent for Houston Wrestling out of his Mid-South office, and Houston TV would spend around an hour of every week airing the matches from the Mid-South Wrestling television program interspliced with matches from the Coliseum. So it was almost like Houston wrestling was an expansion of another territory. In this instance, it's been Mid-South wrestling. So the storylines in Mid-South bled over into the Houston wrestling company. And with Bosch getting older and just coming off bypass heart surgery, he wasn't looking to run the territory anymore, but rather just act as the figurehead, stay relevant on TV, lead the announcing, et cetera, et cetera. So, so Paul Bosch was very much wanting Bill Watts to do most of the actual promoting and do most of the legwork by this point. 
Now, on the other end, Watts would sometimes become frustrated with Bosch that he and his nephew, Peter Burkholz, weren't doing enough on their end to promote the Houston Territory. And that, that's where the story begins to change. Different opinions based on who you hear tell the story from that point forward. Now, what I do know for sure is that following WrestleMania three, Bill Watts sold his UWF promotion to Jim Crockett Promotions without so much as informing his business associate, Bosch. So Bosch had no knowledge that Watts was going to up and sell his territory to Jim Crockett, which naturally upset Paul. And with Crockett showing no interest in running shows in Houston at that point in time, Bosch saw no other option but to make a deal to become an affiliate of the World Wrestling Federation. And just like that, within a few weeks' time, the UWF-Houston relationship ended by April of 1987, and the Houston territory was now Vince McMahon's. Yes, that Vince McMahon of the WWF, a man in promotion that Bosch had talked negatively about for the past several years. And with Watts pulling his men, pulling his territory, essentially out of Houston, the Houston Coliseum would go dark for several weeks, while the WWF promoted their debut card in the Sam Houston Coliseum on May the 15th. And on that card, Vince McMahon had promised 11 matches, 26 wrestlers. And of those 26 wrestlers, eight of which were replaced at the last minute, or so says Paul Bosch. And that was a big no-no in the Bosch wrestling territory. He was a firm believer in you give the people what you promise just as long as you can help it. And even though Bosch wasn't much more than a figurehead for his old territory at this point, he may have felt like he had a little more power than he actually did. And some say that this was Vince's way of showing Paul Bosch who was really in charge. Me, personally, I'd like to think Vince was a little too busy for pettiness like that, but who knows. So the WWF takes over Houston Wrestling, their first event May the 15th, and after only four or five WWF events at the Sam Houston Coliseum over the course of the next three months, Paul Bosch up and announces his retirement from the professional wrestling business. It's reportedly as a means to step away from the product he didn't really have the heart to support. Now, in reality, Vince likely would have let him stepped away without even batting an eye. But Paul, he wanted to go out with his dignity and instead announced his retirement on TV. And with that, the World Wrestling Federation would present a Paul Bosch retirement show on August 28, 1987, the show featuring many of Paul's favorite wrestlers over the years, like Terry Funk, Mil Mascaris, Mark Lewin, and Chavo Guerrero, mixed in, of course, with the WWF talent, including Bruno San Martino stepping in the ring for this prestigious event. Other legends attending the show to pay their respects to Bosch included promoters Vern Gagne and Stu Hart, as well as legends of the ring like Gene Kanitsky, Luthez, Ernie Ladd, Sputnik Monroe, Red Bastine, Billy Red Lions, Nick and Jerry Kozak, Danny McShane, and so many more. Unfortunately, even with the kind gesture, the only thing that followed was resentment and unsettled issues. Bosch and nephew Peter Burkholz were expecting a cut of the gate, or perhaps the entire gate, from the sold-out show since it was celebrating the retirement of Paul Bosch, after all. But instead, the WWF kept the proceeds, though we've heard Bruce Pritchard on his podcast go on record in the past about the money spent to fly in and accommodate all of Paul's old friends, as well as the after-party running the show, all of those expenses it's reported that Vince didn't even break even. Now, Bruce has also said that Bosch never forgave Pritchard for jumping to the WWF during this time, going full-time with Titan Sports, rather than staying in that Houston office. 
So Paul Bosch announces his retirement from the game. He will no longer promote, and he steps away from the WWF TV, but Paul's retirement would prove to be a ruse, however, only in wrestling. Bosch would eventually team up with Jim Crockett Promotions in 1988, aiding them in promoting the town of Houston, while in return, Bosch got a TV gig on JCP, acting as a member of the quote-unquote NWA Board of Directors, but Bosch's joint venture with Crockett would also be brief as Crockett would ultimately sell to Ted Turner later in 1988. Sadly, Bosch's bad blood with the World Wrestling Federation, Vince McMahon, and Bruce Prichard would go unresolved until Paul passed away from a heart attack in March of 1989. So let's recap quickly. Paul Bosch was working with Bill Watts for several years here, bringing in the Mid-South talent for his Coliseum shows. Bill Watts up and sells his territory, his promotion, to JCP without so much as telling Bosch that he was doing so. But Crockett had no interest in invading Houston at the time, so Bosch really had nothing left to do but to give in and work alongside Vince McMahon and the WWF. He really didn't have to. You see, Vince could have came in any time he wanted, and he did, just not as often, ran the city of Houston. But Vince, showing his respect, offered to work alongside Paul Bosch there in the Houston market. Yes, I know it was going to be short-term no matter what. That was obvious. The program just wasn't working as a standalone show. But Paul Bosch bows out. He tries to get in with Crockett in 88, but Crockett sells to Turner, so Bosch screwed again. And unfortunately, he passes away in the early part of 1989. But what a storied career, what a storied life, Paul Bosch, who's kind of forced out of the Houston territory, but not really his fault. Times were changing, and there just wasn't anybody else to, to go to. And on the other end, Vince McMahon takes over another major city for the World Wrestling Federation. And that's going to wrap it up for May news here this week on The Grenade, but more big news coming in the month of June. And while it technically took place here near the end of May, we're saving some stories for June 1987 due to all the fallout that takes place in the following month. Two of the big stories coming in the month of June, the Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan fired by the World Wrestling Federation. You heard me right. Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheik fired by the WWF. Also, Intercontinental Champion Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in the WWF Doghouse. Damn that, Bonnie. So all of that and more coming in the month of June. June news coming in just a few episodes here on The Grenade. But for now, we continue on with the month of May. And we look at the house show results for May 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation. And before we get going, guys, there's a great website out there, thehistoryofwwe.com. I want to thank Richard Land, the Landman. He's at Masked Wrestlers on Twitter. The best way for you guys to follow along with me as I run through these house show results is to head over to thehistoryofwwe.com and look up those 1987 WWF results. Scroll along with me for the month of May. Now remember, guys, I don't cover every single card. I don't cover every single match on every single card necessarily, but I hit all the major points, all the big matches, all the unique matches, and fun stuff going down throughout the month of May. And yes, of course, we're going to cover all the big ones at length. Madison Square Garden, the Spectrum, Boston Garden, Maple Leaf Gardens, now the Sam Houston Coliseum as well. All of that and so much more as we get ready to go. And we're going to sandwich the month of May by going to the Nassau Coliseum, Long Island, New York. We're going to begin and end the month of May here in the Nassau Coliseum. And we kick things off in front of 15,275 fans. It's a sellout here in Long Island. 
as we go off to Mean Gene Oakland. He's going to run down the card, but he's cut off by the challenger in tonight's main event. He'll be challenging Ricky Steamboat for the Intercontinental title inside a 15-foot-high steel cage. It's time to hear from the Macho Man. All right, fans, here in the greater New York City area, I do want to remind you, out on Long Island, the Nassau Coliseum Friday night, May 1st, the World Wrestling Federation, back and back in a big way with a phenomenal card. Let me touch on a couple of very big, big matches here, just very briefly. British Bulldogs to challenge tag team champions, the Hart Foundation. Danny Davis has been barred from the building on May 1st. Tito Santana and the natural Butch Reed collide. And after what happened in WrestleMania 3, this one is going to be a big one. Brutus Beefcake to go against a, I don't want to say bald, but a hairless Adrian Adonis. Get the name, man. All right, it's going to be a title defense for Ricky Steamboat, new intercontinental champion of the world. This man, Macho Man Randy Savage, to challenge in a 15-foot-high steel cage. You really point at someone when you're on the other side of the cage. What if you hit the microphone inside the cage? You wouldn't be so, uh, yeah, unbelievable, man, yeah. But sometimes, Friday, May the first has got to come in the Nassau Coliseum. And the macho man really said it's the one who was always here. You can hardly wait for that day, can you? Yeah, I'll wait, yeah, because I know that nothing comes after May the first for Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah. That's it? Nothing comes after. I'm a better wrestler than you, man. I had your pen. Ten times! And Pontiac that you can wrestle me at three. Same time, count him. George Nino was still on the outside, but he ain't got no name. President Jack Tunney, man. It's the man with the jealousy, yeah. With the dragon inside the 15-foot steel cage. That's all, Coliseum. You're going to see the belt change hands, yeah. History, history will be made. Find out in that saw. Friday the 1st, don't you dare miss it. And Randy Savage says nothing comes after May 1st for the dragon. The Macho Man had Steamboat pinned 10 times at WrestleMania 3, but in the Nassau Coliseum, history will be made. The Macho Man will regain his Intercontinental Championship. We'll have to wait and see about that. Let's take a look at some of the undercard here. At the Nassau Coliseum for May the 1st, SD Jones over Terry Gibbs, Nick Kaniski defeating Frenchie Martin, B. Brian Blair battling Demolition Axe to a double disqualification, the King Harley Race pinning Siviafi, Tito Santana battling the natural Butch Reed, to a 20-minute time limit draw. Scheduled up next, it was supposed to be Brutus the Barber Beefcake taking on the adorable one, Adrian Adonis. But as we all know by now, Adonis gone from the company. Adonis going to be replaced by luscious Johnny V in that one. But it's not going to stop us from listening to a few final promos throughout this episode from adorable Adrian Adonis. You better believe it. And it starts right here as we hear back-to-back promos, first from the adorable one, followed by the barber. Jimmy Hart, come on in. Brutus Beefcake will be meeting your man with a, certainly a new look, you'd have to say, Adrian Adonis. You know, when this is over, Brutus, you're going to have a new look, and that's a promise. Adrian Adonis, you're the man that uh, felt the wrath of the scissors in WrestleMania three at the hands of Brutus Beefcake, your opponent, here on May 1st, the Nassau Coliseum. I want to explain something to all you people out there. You know, like when a guy goes to the can, and they work him over day after day, take his lunch in, his meals, and then all of a sudden, he just picks up a pipe and bashes somebody's skull in. The people understand in his eyes he does not care anymore. There's no more rules. He has nothing to live by. He's got to make a reputation. Brutus tried to make 
break the reputation. That's going to stop there. And I'm the one who's got the pipe. And I'm the one that's going to bash your brains. I'm the one that's going to inflict violence, which a banquet which I feed from, and it's going to go down and down into your crawl until you can't take it no more. You're not even going to get up. You're not even going to see the daylight and watch that sun rise because you're never going to see it again. I can guarantee it. It's just a fact, Jack. There's no brag involved in it. You humiliated me when Piper was going down, and I cannot stand it. I cannot live with my soul. I cannot live with myself, and you've got to pay. You listen to the band, you've got to pay the man. All right, what a shootout that should be, part of the action. At the Nassau Coliseum, Friday night, May 1st, Adrian Adonis to meet Brutus Beefcake. Don't miss it. All right, fans, very quickly, I want to remind you, we're going to be back in Union Day Long Island, out at the Nassau County Coliseum, Friday night, May 1st, phenomenal World Wrestling Federation action. Come on in, Brutus Beefcake. Welcome back. Boy, I'll tell you, a couple of weeks certainly changes a lot of things, and you have turned over a brand new leaf in life, and after what happened in WrestleMania 3, all of a sudden, promoters have signed you to meet Adrian Adonis. Uh, a rather funny-looking Adrian Adonis. <laughs> well, you know, Mr. Adonis, I hope you've been keeping up on current events, because... With that cue ball head of yours, you're going to be the talk of the town, man. You know, my great-grandpappy beefcake, he says, boy, don't get mad. Just get even with the boy. You know, so I figured maybe I'm a little bit ahead. I don't know, Mingy. Maybe I made him a little bit too good looking. You, you know what I'm thinking? You may have a second career you don't even know about, that being a barber, Brutus. <laughs> a barber. You know, Adrian Adonis, when you sat back and you laughed and you took me so lightly, boy. Now it's got to be going through your head and bouncing around. Beefcake, man. Beefcake. Brutus Beefcake, meeting Adrian Adonis and Nassau on May 1st. <laughs> Adonis talks about not caring anymore and, and apparently bashing the barber's brains out. Of course, that doesn't happen. I'm sure Beefcake is very thankful. On the other end, Brutus the barber says he doesn't get mad, he gets even. And he got even at WrestleMania 3, cutting the hair of Adonis, and he's going to get even again here tonight because it is... Brutus the Barber Beefcake defeating his former manager Luscious Johnny V here at the Nassau Coliseum. And the show rolls on. Up next, Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation slated to defend their titles against the former champion British Bulldogs, Danny Davis, barred from ringside. All right, get ready. Out at the Nassau County Coliseum, Friday night, May the 1st. In a title defense, the Heart Foundation meets the British Bulldogs, but the big news here, the fact that Danny Davis has been barred from the building. Davey Boy Smith Dynamite, kid, gentlemen, come on in. That's got to be great news for you. That's right, Mean Gene. Finally, the World Wrestling Federation has barred Danny Davis as a referee. The burden from being at the ringside with the Heart Foundation. Now he's been barred from the arena. So Heart Foundation, the British Bulldogs are coming. And they're coming for you because you've got nobody to save you now, Heart Foundation. There's only one guy going with that ringside, and that's Jimmy Hart. And we've got Matilda to take care of Jimmy Hart. So Heart Foundation, you get ready for World War Three because the British Bulldogs I'm more mad than ever now. All right, out at the Nassau Coliseum on May the 1st. Dynamite Kid, I guess, the big the big news, the big factor that Daddy Davis isn't going to even be in Nassau County on that night. That's right. You know something, Mean Gene? The Foundation made the biggest mistake of their lives in Tampa, Florida, when they stole the belts away from the British Bulldogs. Well, the thing is right now, the Bulldogs are a new team. We're bigger, we're stronger, we're more mean, and we're going in that ring for one thing and one thing only. That's to embarrass you and take those belts away from you. Get ready out at the Nassau County Coliseum Friday night, May 1st. British Bulldogs to meet the heart. Daddy Davis not in the building. Battles on the line. 
All right, fans, stay tuned. We're going to get you back to more exciting World Wrestling Federation action. Nassau County Coliseum out in Uniondale, Long Island. Coming up on Friday night, May the 1st. Davey Boy Smith, Dynamite Kid, come on in, gentlemen. The tag team champions, the Hart Foundation. I know that that doesn't please you when I use that that term, but they are the tag team champions right now. They have the belts. I guess the good news, if there's any good news to be had, the fact that Danny Davis has been barred from the Nassau Coliseum. Dynamite Kid, your thoughts on this one? You know something means you. We've been waiting for this match for a long time. Foundation, you made the biggest mistake of your life. We've already told you that before when you robbed us from those bells. But the thing is, the British Bulldogs have been working out. We've been training. We've been running on the beach. We've been pumping weights. We're more mean. We're more vicious than ever before. Foundation, what goes around comes around. And the Bulldogs are coming to Nassau for one thing, to embarrass you and take those belts from you. Put them around the waist of the British Bulldogs. We're going to go in that ring. I'll wrestle you. I'll swim flexure. You name it. We're going to do it. And we're walking out of that ring with those belts around our waist. All right, Davey boy. You know what, means, Gene? After what Danny Davis did to me in WrestleMania 3, it's just a good job you're not around, Danny Davis. Well, let's, let, let me tell you something, Heart Foundation. You're going to pay, and you're going to pay really good. Because the British Bulldogs are me, they never know. And we're coming for one thing, and that's one thing only, and to get those belts what belong to the British Bulldogs, and get rid of the Heart Foundation, including Jimmy Hart. All right, I thank you very much, gentlemen. I can hear Matilda in the background. Coliseum out of Nassau. May 1st, don't miss all right, and the Bulldogs say with Davis barred from ringside, Matilda will take care of Jimmy Hart. But that's not exactly how it plays out. You see, the Hart Foundation retain their titles here at the Nassau Coliseum, defeating the British Bulldogs, albeit on a disqualification. And in the main event, it's cage match time, guys. And while the ring hands are setting up that big steel cage for that epic event, we're going to hear from the Intercontinental Champion Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, his promo sandwiched by two interviews with the Macho Man. All right, fans, here in New York City in the metropolitan area, get ready. Out of Long Island, the Nassau Coliseum, Friday night, May 1st, phenomenal World Wrestling Federation card. And, of course, a title defense for the brand-new Intercontinental Champion of the World, being challenged by the former champion, Macho Man Randy Savage. You and Ricky Steamboat in a 15-foot-high steel cage, both men incarcerated, nobody in uh, on the inside except the two of you. Yeah, just on me and the dragon, yeah. And it's just incredible right there because if anybody thinks that we went the limit in WrestleMania 3, they ain't seen nothing yet. And that is nothing compared to what you're going to see in the Nassau Coliseum, man, because I'm going to let my feathers fly. Yeah, I'm going to be sky high, 15 feet up in the air, possibly coming down with a big elbow. Not saying, man, not saying no. Nothing means nothing. And nothing means nothing ever again, yeah. Me the first, and that's all. I get the belt back. What a fatalistic attitude of the part of Macho Man Randy no Savage. against me! All right, here we go with the New York Report. And the best in World Wrestling Federation action takes place this coming Friday night out on Long Island at the Nassau Coliseum. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, as I've said before, enjoying the happiness, basking in the glory, if you will, of being crowned the new Intercontinental Champion, effective WrestleMania three. But now, all of a sudden, a title defense, your first in Nassau next Friday night against Macho Man Randy Savage. This one's different, though, Ricky. It wouldn't be like a normal title defense, no. not at all, no. because it takes place in a steel cage. That's true, Gene. You know something? Um, after March the 29th, looking back, my life started to come together. Being a champion now has given me second wind uh, for my wrestling career. 
Everything is coming up roses. I get the wire, the telegram in the mail to come to the office to sign this contract for a cage match against Macho Man Randy Savage. Randy Savage, now you listen to the odd makers. You listen to the fans, the people that are writing in and calling in and say, Steamboat, you're too soft for this type of a match. The cloud is over you now. Get ready for your bubble to be burst. Randy Savage, I've had a lot of battles and a lot of wars, and I've got several scars on my body. This may be your domain of 15-foot steel monster surrounding us. But when you back someone up against the wall, and in this case, it's up against the cage, you're going to come out fighting. Tell him, Gene. I thank you very much, Ricky Steamboat. The drama to unfold in a 15-foot high steel cage, new champion, Ricky Steamboat, to meet Macho Man Randy Savage at the Nassau Coliseum next Friday night. This has been the New York Report. All right, fans, out on Long Island. My night. Next Friday night, the Nassau Coliseum, the World Wrestling Federation, and one tremendous, tremendous card. All of this on the heels of WrestleMania three. The British Bulldogs to meet the Hart Foundation for the World Tag Team Championship. Danny Davis has been barred from the building. Tito Santana squares off against the natural Butch Reed. Brutus Beefcake to meet a hairless. Adrian Adonis, the killer bees and the demolition collide head-on. Harley Race, the king of wrestling, will be there along with a host of other superstars. Randy Savage, it has been a veritable nightmare for you ever since WrestleMania three back at the Silverdome. Now, you've got Ricky Steamboat in a 15-foot high steel cage. I will not let this day pass without 1,000% satisfaction. And the only way that I can get satisfaction is to get the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship belt away from the dragon because in WrestleMania 3 you were not the better wrestler. I was, yeah. And President Jack Tunney knows it. You mean Gene Okerlund know it. And everyone all around the world, you know it. Yeah, you know it. But now you can believe it. Just wait till this Friday night. You know, Randy, I, I, I think we should really briefly touch and contemplate on one's fate in this kind of a match. Ricky Steamboat pointed it out. There are no winners. There are no losers. There are only survivors. We're talking careers. I don't care, man. My career had a black spot put in it in WrestleMania 3, and that will never be forgotten. Only one way. And that's this Friday night in the Nassau Coliseum proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that the dragon cannot hang with the macho man Randy Savage. Get ready this Friday night. The Nassau Coliseum, big, big card. Oh, Don't miss champion, it. Yeah. Savage perhaps teasing an elbow drop off the top of the cage says the dragon can't hang with the macho man. Savage going to regain that intercontinental title here tonight. And Steamboat, well, he, he said some things. And it's off to the ring. Steel Cage set up. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat successfully defends his IC title, defeating the Macho Man inside the Steel Cage after Savage accidentally knocking the Dragon through the cage door and out to the floor. Kind of a unique finish for a babyface. We've seen that a lot with the heels. Jimmy Snooker knocking Morocco through the door and things like that. But they use the reverse method here in 1987. Randy Savage accidentally knocking the Dragon out the cage door. The Dragon escaping. With the help from the Macho Man, and Ricky Steamboat will retain. We'll see that finish played out a lot here in the month of May, so keep that in mind as we move on. Also May 1st, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Civic Arena, in front of 9,557 fans. Outback Jack over Steve Lombardi, Outlaw Ron Bass 
defeating Leaping Lanny Poffo, the Rougeau brothers, over the new Dream Team Honky Talk Man, pinning Pedro Morales, the Can-Am Connection, defeating the team of Don Morocco and Bob Orton, proving that WrestleMania 3 wasn't a fluke. Also on the card, big hacksaw Jim Duggan, pinning the Iron Sheik, Coco Beware scoring a win over Dangerous Danny Davis, and in the main event, WWF World Champion Hulk Hogan defeating the Ugandan headhunter Kamala on a disqualification, because once again, it was the Honky Tonk Man dressed up as Kim Chi aiding Kamala and attacking the Hulkster late in the match. Now, supposedly, this was to lead to a return match. Listen to this. Hulk Hogan and Jake the Snake Roberts taking on the team of Kamala and the Honky Tonk Man on May the 29th. Unfortunately, we know Jake is out of action right now, so I don't know that we're going to get that exact match. We'll have to wait till we get to May the 29th and see. And for those of you saying, wait a minute, didn't Hogan know that it could have been Honky Tonk Man in that Kim Chi costume? Well, this show actually took place the night before Saturday night's main event aired. This was May the 1st. Saturday night main event made air May the 2nd. So the Pittsburgh fans saw this prior to it happening on Saturday night's main event, for those curious. The WWF action continues on May the 1st. Wayne, New Jersey at the William Patterson College. You know this is the C team. Some of the matches on the card. Tom McGee over Jimmy Jack Funk. The Islanders defeating the Shadows. The Fabulous Moolah retaining her women's title over Velvet McIntyre. And there was a chain match in the main event. Billy Jack Haynes taking on the Mighty Hercules. I don't have results for that finish. So we move on to Chicago, Illinois. And the Rosemont Horizon, May the 2nd. Outback Jack over Jimmy Jack Funk. The Outlaw, Ron Bass, scoring a win over Pedro Morales. The Can-Am Connection down the team of Morocco and Orton yet again. Also, the Rougeos again defeat the new Dream Team. So much for that new Dream Team, huh? Hacksaw Jim Duggan pinning the Iron Sheik. Coco Beware, another win over Danny Davis. Tito Santana battling the natural Butch Reed to another 20-minute time limit draw. And in the main event once more, Ricky Steamboat retaining his Intercontinental title over Randy Savage inside a steel cage. And what a night of action it had to be for the fans in Boston, because also May the 2nd, Boston Garden. Imagine that. You head out to the Boston Garden, you watch a big show there, you come home and watch Saturday night's main event. What a great night of WWF action for the fans in Boston, televised on the New England Sports Network. The WWF invades Boston yet again here on May the 2nd in front of 11,334 fans. Gorilla Monsoon, Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary. It's reported that the scheduled Dan Spivey versus Dave Barbie match did not take place. Now, we know Spivey's been injured for some time, going back a couple months now. So all I can say about that is bummer. The main event for tonight's card here in Boston will feature the WWF champion Hulk Hogan putting his belt on the line against the former multiple-time NWA world champion, the King Harley Race. And right now, we're going to go to Mean Gene Oakland and Lord Alfred Hayes as they set up a very interesting promo with the World Wrestling Federation champion, Hulk Hogan. All right, the Boston Garden, Saturday, May 2nd. That's a week away. Phenomenal World Wrestling Federation card, heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan in a title defense against the king of wrestling, Harley Race. The British Bulldogs, speaking of titles, will try to regain the World Tag Team Championships when they go against the Hart Foundation. Danny Davis barred from the building. The Hearts prove themselves to be very tough competitors. I don't like the way they won the, the title belts in a very controversial match, but still, they have uh, retained those belts in some very tough matches. They really have. They're proving themselves to be quite able without the assistance of outside help from anybody else, and I think the hearts are going to be difficult to dislodge from that championship position. Well, I'm going to totally disagree with you there, Lord Alfred. Why would they bar Danny Davis 
from the building, from the Boston Garden, if there wasn't some concern about outside interference. Give me a break. You know, I've been hanging out with a JYD, man. Living in the junkyard, man. Running up and down the steel chain fence, man. Hanging with the dog brothers. I want to find out where his head was at after the embarrassment. After the humility of WrestleMania 3, I saw the king pin him right in the middle of the ring. One, two, three. And I witnessed something that I never believed I'd see. I saw a junkyard dog bow in servitude to a king and Bobby the Weasel Heenan. In my wildest dreams, I never thought I'd see that. I'm going to destroy your family, Weasel. Hercules is history. Bundy is history, man. Mr. Wonderful is old news. If I get past the King Harley race, I'm going to leave you flat on your back, Weasel. What you going to do with the strongest arms in the world? Squash the King and you, Weasel. All right, Hogan talking about his upcoming match here tonight against the King Harley race and essentially burying the Junkyard Dog in that promo. What a promo. Wow. Burying JYD, who at this point was fired from the company. No real need to put the bad mouth on the dog, but Hogan did it anyway. And JYD, well, he'll be back before too long. As we take a look at the results from the Boston Garden, it's Nick Kaniski over Frenchie Martin with a bridging German suplex. Demolition defeating the team of Haku and Tama the Islander with smash pins Tama after Axe nails him in the throat with Mr. Fuji's cane. Iron Mike Sharp pinning C.V. Afi, who was a sub for Blackjack Mulligan. Afi with a flying body press, but Sharp using the momentum to roll over on top, hook the tights. Iron Mike Sharp picking up a win over C.V. Afi. Something tells me had Mulligan showed up and not quit the company, the result would have been a little different. And a many decades old ritual at this point, the main event of the show taking place in the middle of the card prior to intermission. Smack dab in the middle of the card, we're prepared to watch Hulk Hogan defend his championship against the King Harley race. But first, we'll hear comments from both sides. We're going to hear from the challenger, of course, King Harley Race, along with manager Bobby the Brain Heenan. And he's going to be sandwiched with promos from the WWF champion, Hulk Hogan. All right, Boston, we're going to be back at town of the Boston Garden on Causeway Street, Saturday night, May the 2nd. Get your tickets in advance. And the heavyweight champion of the world here on May the 2nd to meet the king of wrestling, Harley Race, for the title. You know, you're not going to steal this high from me, man. I just came off WrestleMania. I just got done beating Andre the Giant right in front of the world. Yeah, it's the same old story, Bobby Weasel Heenan. One man after another, King Kong, Bundy, Hercules, Hernandez, so-called master of the universe. Paul, Mr. Wonderful, Orndorff, my friend, my pal. All the King's horses, all the King's men. Heenan, your family will never take the gold. I'm taking the King off serious, man. Your family wouldn't have called him the king if he really wasn't. All the wrestlers in the WWF wouldn't have put him on his shoulders when he was crowned, anointed, whatever you want to call it. Harley Race, I've seen the hook clock suplex, man. I've seen victim after victim lay for the three count. I'm taking you real serious, man. I'm just glad I'm on this roll after beating Andre the Giant. King, we're going to find out who the real king of the ring is. You know, you spend your money wisely, Weasel. I saw you build your empire, man. I've seen how you groom them from the start to the finish. I like to finish them off for you, though, you know. But the king, man, all the time you were throwing Bundy in my face, all the time you were throwing Orndorff, the giant Hercules, 
I watched how you babied the king, man. I watched how you set him up. Victim after victim, opponent after opponent. I knew that you had your whole role. Bet on him, man, if everything else fails. Well, we saw hell of nothing better than taking things from you that you want, man. After I squashed Hercules, I get off on him. After I left Andre the Giant laying in the ring in front of the whole world, that turned me on. And I gladly accepted this number one contender, the king. I want to find out what he's made of. Harley Race, the king, do you have the power to hang with Hulkamania? I seriously doubt it. You're my next victim. All right, fans, tonight here at the Boston Garden, from top to bottom, an absolutely phenomenal card. And heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan tonight, to defend against challenger, the king of wrestling, Harley Race, who just happens to be managed by this gentleman, Bobby the Brain Heater. Say it again, Hulk Hogan is what? Heavyweight champion of the world. Good, because tonight when he hears that, world heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan, you're only going to hear it one more time. And that's when you hear it the first time. You said that before. I'm talking, do you mind? Show some respect. And when it's all over and done, when that smoke clears tonight at the Boston Garden, as Hulk Hogan's carcass lays there, you're going to hear something different. A new heavyweight champion of the world, the king of professional wrestling. All right, the big one for you, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, as they say. Maybe a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to you, Mr. Oakland, but I have not let opportunities pass me by very often. You know the history of my career. I could stand here for an hour and relate to you about what the accomplishments of the king. But tonight in the Boston Gardens will be the epitome of the king's wrestling career because it's going to be 20 pounds of gold strapped around the waist of the true king of all wrestling. And it will accent my crown quite magnificently. And I want everybody to get up off of their chairs. I want everybody to stand up, bow down, kneel, and show respect for the king and new heavyweight champion. All right, uh, I'd like to speculate on your chances of having that happen. Fans, stay tuned. We're right back. The Boston Garden, tonight, yes, tonight, the World Wrestling Federation is back in town. For the Boston Garden's big World Wrestling Federation spectacular. Now, if that were not enough, if that were not enough, let's bring in the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, tonight. I cannot believe that all of a sudden the king of wrestling, Harley Race, is in the number one contender's position. Yeah, well, well, for seven long days and seven long nights, the heaven, the earth, and the WWF were created, man. And on the eighth day, the big dude upstairs, he created a whole company out. But he was working overtime when he created the largest arms in the world to protect, serve, and put a guard around the three demandments. The prayers, the fighters, and the training. And even the day the earth stood still with Andre the Giant slammed at my feet. I believed it would live. Never thought the king would be waiting in the wings, man. You know, Andre the Giant, I saw him sweat when he knew what was going on. The king hasn't shed a drop yet. And with face with a tombstone of Hulkamania in my eyes, I saw the giant shake. Harley Race doesn't flinch an inch. You know, Hulk Hogan, I cannot believe how quickly Harley Race has positioned himself in this number one contender's position. The king of wrestling is in the driver's seat, so to speak, in terms of that. He's in the driver's seat right now. You know, yeah, I'm a mortal man. If you beat me, I'll stand out here and say you were better. If you take the gold, you can have it if you think you can. But the one thing I couldn't live with, Mean Gene, 
to the pie had to bow at his feet. I couldn't live with that. All right, the heavyweight champion, Hulk Hogan, the hosters in town for his big title event tonight at the Boston Garden against Harley Race Stiltman. So Hogan's still dealing with the Heenan family, brother, and says he can't live with the thought of having to bow at the king's feet. On the other end, Harley Race talks his accomplishments and having this opportunity to capture the 20 pounds of gold. 20 pounds. You hear me, guys? Not 15, like in the NWA. Take that, Crockett. And those last two promos from Race and Hogan, I always love those same-day promos leading into the big show. Tonight, they say the word tonight. They're talking about tonight here in Boston. It just gives you goosebumps. It gets you ready for the show. And let's take a look at the results for this matchup. It was WWF champion Hulk Hogan pinning the King Harley race with a schoolboy roll-up. After Harley missed a diving headbutt off the ropes, Hogan taking advantage, schoolboying from behind, and scoring the win there. But it doesn't end there. After the bout, Harley race attacking the WWF champion and bloodying him up, leaving Hogan a bloody mess in the ring, did the King. And during that intermission that followed, we get a post-match interview backstage with the champion, Hulk Hogan. He actually challenges Harley Race to a rematch. We well, you know we've about had enough to hear, man. WrestleMania, the pressure, you know, all that coming down on my shoulders. Everywhere I go, it's always something, and especially the Boston Gardens, man. Every time I come here, something goes down, man. Well, I've had it up to here. The Hulkamaniacs have had it up to here. We want a winner and a loser, and enough of this gaga, man. Harley Race, Andre the Giant was easy me, brother. Compared to what you did to me in the Boston Gardens. You know, some people make on-the-spot decisions, man. Do crazy things. Go to prison for life sometimes. And right now, man, I'm going to make an on-the-spot decision, man. And this decision is the only thing I care about, King. Oh, yeah, I've had it up to here, man. The only thing I care about is getting you back in the ring of the Boston Gardens in a match with no rules. No time limits. I don't even care if there's a referee in the building. Oh, yeah, man, this may sound crazy. World title on the line, King. And I don't care, man. If I can't beat you in that type of match, or if you beat me, man, I'll quit wrestling. I'll hang it up for good. I'll hand the world heavyweight title to Bobby Louisa Heenan. But we've had it up to here. Boston's not going for it. I'm not going for it. The Hulkamaniacs have had it up to here with you. The Hulkster challenging the King to a rematch. He says, no rules, no time limit. He doesn't even care if there's a referee in the ring. The world title will be on the line. And if somehow Race can beat Hogan, Hulk will quit professional wrestling, dude. Let's see. Hogan lose the belt and quit professional wrestling? Yeah, I can see that title change happening. Now, that was for the fans at home. I should note also, later in the show here in the ring, Hulk returns ringside and publicly challenges Race to what they call a Texas death match for the following month's card and says if he can't beat Race, once again, he reiterates he would quit professional wrestling. Trying to sell those tickets to the Bostonians there, and wow, talk about pulling out all the stops to try and get a return match draw. Texas death match, the title on the line, and Hulk Hogan will quit wrestling should he lose the match. It's going to be a good one, brother. Also here in Boston, Sika, the wild Samoan over the Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty, 
just three minutes and seven seconds with the Samoan drop. Once again, at this point, we have another match scheduled between Brutus Beefcake and Adrian Adonis, but Adonis is no more. However, we do have a promo lined up. Mean Gene and Alfred Hayes setting this one up. We're going to hear from Brutus the Barber Beefcake. All right, hi again, Boston. Mean Gene Alcott here along with Lord Alfred Hayes. And a week away, Alfred, I wanted to bring you in, talk about the big one at the Boston Garden, Saturday night, May the 2nd. Hulk Hogan in a title defense against the king of wrestling, Harley Race, who ironically enough is managed by Bobby Heenan. Yes, and Race has been proving himself a tough nut for anybody to, to crack. He hasn't been beaten since he's been with the WWF. He had a fantastic record before that. And Hulk Hogan, this is his favorite stomping grounds. Well, the big blowout is now history, and the new beefer, Brutus Beefcake, is going to be going against Adrian Adonis on the big upcoming card here in town. I'll tell you what, you surprised a lot of people, beefer. Well, you know, Mr. Mean Gene, the man I wanted to surprise most, Adrian Adonis. <laughs> he was the one who was the most surprised. I think he was. <laughs> he was the one who was laughing and making jokes about laying his hands on Brutus Beefcake. He thought it was a joke. He thought it was funny. Well, look into my eyes, Mr. Adonis. This is no joke. This is serious business. This is very serious. And from now on, the new Beefcake is going to be running wild, and especially up and down your big, fat, mountain-like looking body. Looks like a big walking waste disposal unit or something, like a billboard for air pollution. Here's something else. He is the new Brutus Beefcake. And the beaver there talking Adrian Adonis, but Adonis not here. Instead, once again, Brutus the Barber Beefcake over former manager Luscious Johnny V with the sleeper hold just three and a half minutes. The beaver cutting a little more hair off the side of Johnny V's scalp. Also spray painting his head. Forgot that he did that. The show continues on and Adonis not the only big name missing from this show. Because remember, Jake the Snake Roberts injured as well, torn ligaments. And so instead, he's going to be replaced here at the Boston Garden by Ken Patera in a match with the Honky Tonk Man. But before we get there, we're going to hear from the Honky Tonk Man, and he's sandwiched by two promos. I don't care if he's wrestling or not, we're going to get these in. Two promos from Jake the Snake Roberts. Well, after everything the man you see on your television screen right now has gone through... The Honky Tonk Man may be on the receiving end of a little punishment from Jake the Snake Roberts. That has been a, a really a, a heated battle, a heated feud over the past six or eight weeks. Just let me say this. I don't mind being abused. I've been abused all my life. But then again, I like to return the favor from time to time, you know. That way I feel like I've got something to live for. But, you know, it's sort of like, Gene, you ever get on an airplane, man, and you get up there in the air, and you're, you're flying along at 40,000 feet, and that plane starts to shake and creaking and flying from side to side, things flying through the roof, people jumping up and down and screaming, praying. You ever been through something like that? I have been, uh, yes, I guess a time or two. What choice do you have, though, when you're up there? You can't get out. Oh, no, you see, the doors are shut, you're 40,000 feet, you ain't got no choice. You gotta ride this one all the way to the ground. Well, Honky Tonk Man, you took your shot, and it was a good one. Boy, it, it was, was a dandy, a great one, you know, and I can appreciate that. But my man, it's my turn now. And when you shut that door by playing me that guitar, man, you're gonna have to ride it out all the way down and it's a ride you can't hold on to it's too much for him it was uh, a blast from the past so to speak mm -hmm. 
We'll see what happens to you soon, baby. Bet on that. You'll sing, too. Get ready. Yes, this band, Jake the Snake Roberts, squares off against the Hockey Talk Band on the next big card right here. All right, fans, we're going to be back here in town at the Boston Garden, Saturday night, May the 2nd. The flamboyant, gregarious, honky-tonk band slated to meet. Jake the Snake Roberts and Jimmy Hart, you've got to be concerned after all that has happened between these two men. You've got to be concerned. Let me say this to Jake the Snake. When you're on top, baby, you better let it rock, and that's exactly what honky-tonk You hear that tune I'm playing? That's especially for you, Jake the Snake. That's We're cool. going to band the DDT. It's going to be shake, rattle, and roll. It's a honky-tonk man all night long. Woo! All right, Boston, get ready. Tonight is tonight's downtown at the Boston Garden, the World Wrestling Federation, back here in this great city with the tremendous wrestling tradition. Jake Roberts, come on in. In a return match from WrestleMania 3, one that I know you didn't particularly care for. Tonight, you have an opportunity to gain revenge, reciprocity, if you will, when you meet the honky-tonk man. When I walk into the guards, I'm not going to be looking at all the knickknacks on the floor and all the flags. Flying the banners and everything. I'm not going to be looking at you. I'm not there to see the people of Boston. I am there for one reason, and that's to take care of you, honky tonk. You know, there's some things in life I can handle, and there's some things I can't. But one is a liar, and the other is an imitator, and you're both of those. You imitating a man that's been dead for 10 years. Won't give him no respect after making fun of his stuff. Man, won't you leave this thing alone? Won't you go out and strike out on some of your own? And you played a guitar once, and you had your fun in WrestleMania. But your manager didn't have any fun, now did he? He had the chance to feel the fear, to feel the cold go across his skin, man. It lights you up. I'll tell you something, Gene, I kind of got off on that in WrestleMania, yeah. A little disappointed Davey didn't swallow that little twerk, that's but that's six, all right. Uh, that's the way I am, though. You know that. You know, I've always had a theory about life. And that theory is, it's very simple. The man who dies with the most toys win. I like that. That's the way I am, but you know nothing makes me happy anymore. I go out and pick up something, it just don't feel right, because I'm thinking about you, Honky Tonk, running that mouth of yours. Well, your lips are a little bit loose, but I'm going to close them real tight for you tonight with the DDT. All right, we're going to find out what an exciting car tonight. Boston Garden still at this hour. Plenty of good seats available. So Jake describing Honky Tonk Man's upcoming ride with the snake like a plane crash. He talks Honky Tonk Man stealing everything from Elvis instead of being his own man. Meanwhile, in the other end, Honky Tonk Man talks about banning the DDT. Well, you have, for at least a couple months, Jake out of action. But the Honky Tonk Man has a serious hatred for one Jake the Snake Roberts. But we head to the ring, and we find out that Jake can't go. Jake the Snake out of commission, so in his place, he's being substituted by Ken Patera, the returning strongman of the World Wrestling Federation. And to keep the fans happy, it's Ken Patera pinning the Honky Tonk Man with a big elbow drop after Jake Roberts tripping the Honky Tonk Man from the outside on the floor. So Jake the Snake, he can't get in the ring, but playing into the finish there, tripping up Honky so that Patera can pick up the win. And after the bout, Patera applies the full Nelson on Honky Tonk Man, but he's attacked from behind by Jimmy Hart and his megaphone. See, Patera had Honky in the full Nelson, setting him up so that Jake could put Damien on the Honky Tonk Man, but Jake having issues trying to wrangle Damien with just one arm. And thanks to the interference from Jimmy Hart, Honky Tonk Man able to escape yet again. And we close out the night with the WWF Tag Team Champion Hart Foundation once again slated to take on the challenge of the British Bulldogs. But before we get to the match, let's hear from both sides. First, we're going to hear from the challengers, and then we're going to hear from the champion, Hart Foundation. All right, hi, Jet Boston. Here we go, off and running with a tremendous car that we've got to talk about. At the Boston Garden downtown on Saturday night, May the 2nd, and from top to bottom, this one really, truly reads 
like a phenomenal card. All of this on the heels of WrestleMania three that ended a title bout. The British Bulldogs to meet the Hart Foundation. However, referee, I beg your pardon, not referee, Danny Davis barred from the building. Now, the official word that I get, Danny Davis, now part of the Hart Foundation, has been banned from the building when these two men, the British Bulldogs, challenged the Hearts for the World Tag Team Championship belt. Gentlemen, that's got to be great news. That's right, Mean Gene. Danny Davis suspended as a referee, but now he's suspended from all the buildings. So, Hart Foundation, you've got nobody to count for a cheap shot count. And it's just you, I know that foundation, you got to face the Bulldogs, two on two. I mean, the Bulldogs used to go in the ring, and we used to wrestle fair and square. But listen to me, our foundation, we're going to go in that ring, and we're going to show no mercy. All right, what about a dynamite chip? Here's something mean, Gene. The British Bulldogs is a new team. Stronger, more vicious, and now we'll do anything to win any time. Foundation, you made the biggest mistake of your life when you stole those belts from the British Bulldogs. And we're going to come back and take those belts just like you took them from us. Get ready to make one between these two men, the British Bulldogs, when they square off against the Hart Foundation. Gentlemen, the British Bulldogs are coming back. This time, not as the defending champions, but as challengers. They're and coming it's a whole back. New yeah, yeah, yeah. They're coming back. Shit, man. <laughs> as has been. <laughs> losers. Losers. You know, the foundation, we were, for a long time, we've been the champions now, and I kind of like the taste of it. I like the, I like the girls and the money and the... the sex. It, it, this Gr is it. This girls. is me. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of girls that come with these babies right here, and I don't blame the Bulldogs for being mad. I don't blame them. I don't blame them for being Some mad after that pitiful performance they put up in the first place. They're, they're more than mad, gentlemen. You know, you know speaking that. about mad, speaking about mad, that mad dog of theirs... Matilda, <laughs> yeah, you just, you just come on, Matilda. You just come on with your little yap, and you just try to bite us. Yeah, we got something a little, something really nice, something really cute in store for you, little puppy dog. Remember, Danny Davis is not going to be the referee this time, gentlemen. No way. I don't know, Alfred, if I've told you, but uh, Ed Carpenter and myself are going to be doing a book in the very near future. I'll be able to talk about that here in Boston, and uh, it's going to be all about wrestling and about the great cards that we've seen at the Boston Garden through the years. Next Saturday night, May 2nd, speaking of a great card, Brutus Beefcake, a man who has now decided to go it alone, and he is doing quite well on his own, meeting Adrian Adonis, whose head was shaved clean in WrestleMania three. It did not do anything to enhance his looks. No, no, it really didn't. And I, sorry I gave you a little glance there, Jim. What were you looking at? <laughs> no, the, come on, the, Alfred. Was, the sunshine was bouncing about somewhere. <laughs> you know what you can do? <laughs> You can write that down on paper, pal, and burn it. I don't, I see very little, you know, you, you have no sense of humor at all. Jake the Snake Roberts squares off against the Honky Tonk Man. I find Honky Tonk to be quite rebarbative. <laughs> if that means objection rule, I must agree with you, yes. It means abrasive. Title defense, the Hart Foundation being challenged by the British Bulldogs. Daddy Davis will not be allowed to the Boston Garden. And the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, meets the king of wrestling. All right, Danny Davis. One of the Hart Foundation has been suspended. He will not be in the building. Not only was he suspended as a referee, but now he won't even be able to be in the corner of Brett the Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart Jimmy Hart when they are challenged by the British Bulldogs. You know, let me tell you something, baby. You can't lose with the stuff that we use. And remember this, Bulldogs, when you mess with the bulls right here, you might get the horn. All right. How low, how low can anybody stoop? You know, what next? Danny Davis is barred from the building. What next are they going to do, huh? He may be barred from the building, 
But he's still part of the foundation. <laughs> you know, we don't need anybody but ourselves. Danny is a very important mechanism to the Heart Foundation, but let, let, not, let not anyone forget that the Foundation can do it on our own. As oh, long sure. as Jimmy's there, the Foundation machine will roll on, and the Bulldogs are going to roll right over top of you. <laughs> you know, the, the word is out on the street, the folks that I talk to, especially in this area, are of the opinion that the British Bulldogs are bigger, better, and badder than ever. What about that? <laughs> well, you know something, Gene? Out of my three years on WWF, that's the stupidest thing you have ever said. Oh. I'm only telling you what the folks said. That's the absolute stupidest thing you've ever said. I never knew you were that stupid. I knew you were stupid, but that's, right. that's me. I'm being Gentlemen, stupid. you're too much. You really are. The Hart Foundation in action against the British Bulldogs. Gentlemen, you Okay, in both sides talking, Danny Davis being barred from ringside. The Bulldogs have a better shot with Davis gone. In reality, Davis working a completely different house show. But don't let that get in the way of a good story. Meanwhile, in the ring, Tag Team Champion Hart Foundation defeating the British Bulldogs on a disqualification in about eight minutes after Davey Boy Smith was caught using Jimmy Hart's megaphone as a weapon after Hart tried to bring it in play himself. Now, after the bout, the Bulldogs get a little bit of revenge, scooping that manager, Jimmy Hart, up into the air, tossing him out to the floor on top of the World Champion Hart Foundation. So the Bulldogs losing this one on a DQ as we go on. The WWF back in Detroit after WrestleMania three, but this time at the Kobo Hall. This is May the 3rd in front of 5,000 fans. The card sees Jerry Allen over Frenchie Martin, Nick Kaniski defeating Jimmy Jack Funk, Outlaw Ron Bass defeating Pedro Morales, the Killer Bees beat Demolition on a disqualification. Jim Duggan pins the Iron Sheik. The new Dream Team score a win this time over the Rujos. Coco Beware still pinning that former referee Danny Davis. The IC champion Ricky Steamboat in the main event defeating Randy Savage yet again inside that steel cage after Savage accidentally knocking the champion through the door and out to the floor you think Macho Man would catch on by now. More action on May the 3rd. Clemson, South Carolina, the Little John Coliseum. Steve Lombardi over Don Driggers. Outback Jack defeating Al Navarro. Candice Perdue over Donna Christianello. It's Orton in Morocco defeating the Islanders. Kamala over George the Animal Steel. Brutus Beefcake once again defeating Luscious Johnny V. And in the main event, it's the Hart Foundation over the British Bulldogs. May or may not have been a DQ. I can't confirm. But look at this card, this undercard. We've got Lombardi and Don Driggers. Al Navarro, uh, a ladies match that doesn't include Mula. Very interesting card indeed here in Clemson, South Carolina. And this being Crockett country, I don't have any gate to report, so I don't know what they drew there in Clemson. So we continue on to the following day, May the 4th, Peoria, Illinois, at the Civic Center, in front of 3,500 fans. Brand Reagans over Frenchie Martin, Lanny Poffo defeating Jimmy Jack Funk, the outlaw Ron Bass, once again over Pedro Morales. The Rujos back to their winning ways over the new Dream Team. Coco Beware continues to defeat Danny Davis. Jim Duggan also continues to pin the Iron Sheik nightly. The Demolition defeat the Killer Bees. And in the main event, once again, IC champion Ricky Steamboat over Randy Savage inside a steel cage. The WWF in Pittsfield, Massachusetts at the Boys Club. May the 4th. Sounds like a C card. We'll have to wait and see here. It's Tom McGee over Terry Gibbs. The Fabulous Moolah defends her title over Velvet McIntyre. Hercules over Billy Jack Haynes in a chain match. Hillbilly Jim defeats Sika the Samoan. The future young stallions, Roma and Powers over the Shadows. And clearly, yes, this is the C team. And we'll see this exact card play out again. The same show the following day, May the 5th, in Poughkeepsie at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center. They'll do it again May 6th in Valhalla, New York, at the Westchester Community College. 
May the 7th in Linden, New Jersey at the high school gym. So this is clearly the C-Show Troop right now. Same outcome, multiple nights, the 4th, the 5th, the 6th, the 7th, all around the Northeast. Also on May the 5th, Miami, Florida at the Knight Center in front of only 1,500 fans. And I should note the following night, the NWA comes into Miami and draws 3,400 fans. So they do a little more than double what the WWF does. Either way, 1,500, 3,400, Miami not drawing right now. But for right now, the WWF getting handily defeated in the city of Miami by JCP. And it may be the card. Let's take a look and see what the WWF brought to Miami on May the 5th. Dick Slater over Tiger Chung Lee. Outback Jack defeating Steve Lombardi, the Honky Tonk Man, over Corporal Kirchner. I'm sure Jake the Snake was scheduled originally for that one. Kamala defeating George the Animal Steel on a DQ. Brutus Beefcake continues to defeat Johnny V. And the World Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation over the British Bulldogs, this time in a Lumberjack match. Interesting. So yet not the strongest card there in Miami for the WWF. But the Florida Loop continues May the 6th in Tampa, Florida. The WWF at the Sun Dome, Outback Jack over Steve Lombardi. Dick Slater again over Tiger Chung Lee. Kamala defeating George Steele on a DQ once more. Honky Tonk Man pinning Corporal Kirchner, subbing for Jake Roberts. Also, Brutus Beefcake continues to defeat Johnny V with that sleeper. It's the Bulldogs losing once again to the Hart Foundation, this time inside a steel cage. Pretty cool. Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation steel cage match. And we get almost an identical card the following day also in West Palm Beach as well at the Auditorium, drawing 3,780 fans there in West Palm Beach. Also on May the 7th, Cincinnati, Ohio at the Riverfront Coliseum in front of 1,251 fans. 1,200 fans? Are you kidding me? Do better, Cincinnati. It's Brad Rangins over Frenchie Martin, Lanny Poffo defeating Jimmy Jack Funk, the outlaw Ron Bass over Pedro Morales, Demolition, defeat the Killer Bees, Coco Beware over Dangerous Danny Davis, the new Dream Team, battled the Rougeau brothers to a double DQ, and in the main event, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat once again retains his IC title over Randy Savage inside a steel cage. Eh, outside of that main event, I guess I understand that 1200. And while they're in Ohio, they head up north, the WWF invade the Richfield Coliseum, Richfield, Ohio, just outside of Cleveland, on May the 8th, in front of 8,000 fans, as they witness Outback Jack over Lombardi, Brad Rangins defeating Frenchie Martin, the outlaw Ron Bass over Pedro Morales. It's the new Dream Team defeating the Rujos, Kamala over George Steele on a DQ. Hacksaw Jim Duggan pitting the Iron Sheik. Tag Team Champions, the Hart Foundation, defeating the British Bulldogs in a steel cage match. But that wasn't the main event, guys. No, no. They brought in the big guns for this one. So we get the basic B show plus. WWF champion Hulk Hogan coming into town to pin the King Harley race. Once again, race missing that diving headbutt. Hulk Hogan with that schoolboy scoring the win in Richfield. So they add a little oomph to the big Coliseum there. They give the fans the entire B show. They bring in Duggan and the Iron Sheik and Hulk and Harley race to headline as well. Big show there at the Richfield Coliseum. But we move on to Springfield, Massachusetts. Also May the 8th at the Civic Center front of 2,776 fans, Nikolai Volkov over Jerry Allen subbing for Corporal Kirshner. It's Coco Beware pinning Dangerous Danny Davis. Billy Jack Haynes subbing for Jake Roberts here, pinning the Honky Tonk Man. Roma and Powers defeating the Shadows. And IC champion Ricky Steamboat over Randy Savage in a steel cage match at the five-minute mark. Are you kidding me? Five minutes? Takes longer to put the cage up. 
The WWF also back out west, Santa Cruz, California at the Civic Center May the 8th in front of 1,375 fans. It's actually the WWF's debut in Santa Cruz. I don't have results, but on the card, it was the fabulous Moolah defending her title against Velvet McIntyre, Orton in Morocco battling the Killer Bees, and in the main event, you ready for this, Tito Santana taking on the natural Butch Reed. So Tito versus Butch Reed drew 100 more people than Savage and Steamboat did in a cage in Cincinnati. Again, do better, Cincinnati. But the action rolls on. The World Wrestling Federation back in Philadelphia at the Spectrum on May the 9th in front of 8,000 fans televised on the Prism Network featuring Dick Graham and Lord Alfred Hayes. What a unique pairing on commentary here. And if that sounds like a lot of fun, believe me, it is. I'll try to post some of their commentary on our YouTube channel in the upcoming weeks. Let's see what the card breaks down to. It's Pedro Morales over Steve Lombardi with his patented backbreaker. Paul Roma and Jimmy Powers continuing to make the rounds, defeating the Shadows. The finish sees both Shadows running off the ropes for a double clothesline. Paul Roma tripping one of them up as Jimmy Powers comes running at the other Shadow with a crossbody block to pick up the win, which seems to be the finish most nights. Also on the card at the Spectrum, Kamala defeats George the Animal Steel on a countout after Steel chases Kim Chi backstage with Mr. Fuji's cane. Now, after the bout, Steel returns to ringside, clears the ring with Fuji's cane, wearing Kim Chi's hat. So presumably, Animal got himself a piece of the handler Kim Chi. Also on the card at the Spectrum, you may have heard this one before, WWF champion Hulk Hogan defeating the King Harley Race after Race misses a diving headbutt, and you guessed it, Hulk Hogan with the schoolboy picking up the win. Now, this is interesting. After the bout, Harley Race grabbing the microphone, telling the Hulkster to put the belt down and get back in the ring so that they could continue their fight. And the Hulkster obliges. He throws the belt down and Hogan back in the ring, battling it out post-match with the King Harley Race until Hercules appears from behind. Race and Hercules down the WWF champion Hulk Hogan to the mat, wrapping Hercules' chain around the throat of the Hulkster and beginning to pull from both ends trying to choke out the champion. But with the power of Hulkamania, Hulk Hogan begins to rise to his feet and breaks the grip of both men from the chain. Hulk Hogan then taking over the possession of the chain, swinging it around, chasing the heels from the ring. And then later on in the show, Hulk Hogan returning ringside and announcing that he had signed to face Harley Race and Hercules in a tag team match and that they would be surprised as to who Hulk Hogan's tag team partner would be when they return here to the Philadelphia Spectrum, though you can actually read between the lines during this promo, Hulk Hogan talking about Hercules being the self-proclaimed world's strongest man, Hogan promising to bring the real world's strongest man with him when he returns to Philadelphia. Dude. So at the next Spectrum show, you can expect to see Hogan teaming with Ken Patera to take on the team of Hercules and the King Harley race. Also here in the Spectrum, Nikolai Volkov over Corporal Kirshner after using a backbreaker. Billy Jack Haynes once again subbing for Jake the Snake Roberts, pinning the Honky Tonk Man here. After Honky collided with manager Jimmy Hart in the apron, Billy Jack dropping on top to pick up the pin. Also on the card, dangerous Danny Davis scheduled to take on the Birdman, Coco Beware. We're going to head backstage. We're going to hear from old Cal Rudman as he interviews both men. I've been here with the interviewer. I can't believe it. One year ago, Jimmy Hart, you told me the Hart Foundation would do it, that you'd be on top of the world. Oh, baby. 
Yeah, you did it. What's the the world champions. You know, I feel so great. I even brought you a present today. I brought you official Jimmy Hart action toy to wear around your neck. Good luck charm. But this is my good luck charm right here, baby. The greatest wrestler in the history of professional wrestling today, dangerous Danny Davis, Daddy. You know, Danny Davis. <laughs> Coco, beware. You signed a contract to face dangerous Danny Davis. Well, you forget one thing, Coco, beware. I've been trained by the two greatest athletes in the World Wrestling Federation today. With their help and Jimmy Hart's help, I'm going to defeat and humiliate you right here in Philadelphia Spectrum. Tell him, Jimmy. You know, he's cool, he is cocky, and he is confident. Let me tell you something, Coco. He's going to take care of you, and I'm going to take care of the little bird, Frankie. Tell him what I just bought, Danny. <laughs> he bought him a cookbook. <laughs> And we're going to cook the bird tonight, and he's going to cook you. And you can bank on that, Coco. Right, Dangerous? Thank you, Coco. Beware. You're going to make my name famous by starting right here in the spectrum, by defeating you in front of all these fans. And it's going to be one, two, three, Danny Davis, the winner. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give me my toy back. I don't want to give you this. Uh, what am I doing? That I don't understand. How did he become a professional wrestler? He was a referee. Hey, let me tell you what. He was the greatest wrestler of all time. The people are jealous of him, and the people are jealous of him as being a professional wrestler now. Let me tell you what, this man just might be the next world champion, if not the intercontinental champion, because we've got open contracts against anybody. Coco, you signed your name tonight, and you're going to be sorry, right, Daddy? You know why people are jealous of Danny Davis? Why? Dangerous Danny Davis, because he's the greatest <laughs> athlete in the World Wrestling Federation today. At least one of them. The other two are Jim Hart and Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> tonight, Coco, you had better beware. All right, Come we'll, on, see, Danny, we'll see what happens. We'll be right back. An incredible match coming up. Coco Beware coming up against Danny Davis. Come on in the shot here, oh, Coco yes, Beware. Yes, What's sir. I'm all fired up because I want to tell you one thing, brother. Philadelphia is my town, brother. It's the home of Dr. J, brother. I'm telling you, we're going to fly. We're going to fly like a bird. I'm telling you, brother, you can't hit what you cannot see. You see, I heard Danny Davis out here, brother. He's talking about that the, the, the Heart Foundation, brother, taught him how to fight. Well, brother, I don't care if his mama taught him how to fight. I'm going to show him, brother, what wrestling is all about. Hey, he got fired being a referee, right? Yeah. Hey, he's going to get fired, brother, being a wrestler by the time the bird, when the bird gets through him because I'm fired up, brother. I'm telling you, this is the home of the 76ers, brother. They're number one, and the bird is number one, and the World Wrestling Federation is number one also because Frankie's flying high. Isn't that right, Frankie? What do you think about Jimmy Hart, Frankie? Oh, he hates Jimmy Hart. What do you think about Danny Davis? Oh, he hates Danny Davis. Lord! have mercy. I feel so good today. I, I don't understand how he can be a professional oh. wrestler and fight someone like you. Well, I tell you what, you know, he thinks he's a tough guy because, you see, the Hart Foundation talked to him and talked to him and said, hey, Danny, why don't you quit being a referee? Why don't you come on and try to be a wrestler? Yeah. And they, what they're doing, they're making a fool out of Danny Davis. Are you going to hurt him? I'm not. I'm, hey, I'm going to hurt him. I'm going to put him in the hospital. I'm going to teach him a lesson that his mama and daddy should have taught him a, a long time ago. Isn't that right, Frankie? <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, we'll see what happens Whoa. right now. We'll be right back. Yeah. Danny Davis saying he's going to be famous, and it all starts right here tonight in the Spectrum when he defeats the Birdman. On the other end, Coco Beware says Davis was fired as a referee, and he'll be short-lived here as a wrestler as well. If Coco has anything to say about it, let's head to the ring and see what happens here. It's Coco Beware in control knocking Davis down to the mat, trying to score the win, but it appears Davis got his foot on the ropes, unbeknownst to Coco, who has a conversation with the referee, all the while allowing Danny Davis to dig down in his trunks, pull out a foreign object, and blast Coco Beware with it, knocking the Birdman out cold. Danny Davis will pick up what may be his first televised win since WrestleMania three. Davis now pinning the Birdman Coco Beware on the house shows. And closing out the card here in the Spectrum, Jacques and Ramon, the fabulous Rougeau brothers, scheduled to take on 
their foes, the new Dream Team. Cal Rudman here in the interview area. Dino Bravo, Greg the Hammer Valentine, and a great match coming up against the Bujo brothers. What's going to happen, guys? Well, I'll tell you what, all the people in the spectrum and watching Prism Television tonight are going to see the new Dream Team. They're going to see the Rougeau brothers also, or the Bujo brothers, a lot of people like to call them, or the Rougeau sisters. In WrestleMania 3, they got their big opportunity, and they blew it. They lost to the new Dream Team, or I should say the old Dream Team, with a little help from the new Dream Team. Now, it's a different story, Jacques and Ramon Rougeau, or Bujo, whatever you want to call yourselves, because tonight, Johnny B coming out here. Luscious Johnny B is going to be at ringside. Tonight, you're going to get a taste of the new Dream Team. You want a piece of Dino Bravo? Well, here he is. This is not Brutus Beefcake. This is Dino Bravo, a man that can bench press 556 pounds cold. And you know, you know, we keep confusing with their names. Even the commentators can't pronounce their name. Just refer to them as the fine French frogs. <laughs> That's how we know them back home, you know. Because I'm from Montreal, too. And I can't even... It makes me sick to hear their name. It makes me sicker to walk in the ring with them. Now they've been crying since WrestleMania because they had me whipped there. I'm not going to... You know what I'm talking about. They cry because they wanted the world exposure. What's the might in Philadelphia is your revenge match. And I guarantee you ain't going nowhere because you don't stand a chance against this team here. You know something, Dino, and you know something, Greg, and of course, Kyle Rubman out there, and our many, many new fans of this new Dream Team can appreciate the simple fact that you don't see Brutus Beefcake out here. You know you'll never see Brutus Beefcake. We got rid of him up there in Pontiac, Michigan, baby. Green bag. We got rid of him. We, we gave him his notice. So he's in the first thing smoking in San Francisco or whatever rock he sleeps under. From now on, it's Greg Dammer Valentine. From now on, it's Dino Bravo. And always, and always, baby, it's Luscious Johnny V. Rougeau Brothers, tonight, you're going down the tubes right here in the spectrum. And that's all you people got to know. And Brutus Beefcake, eat your heart out. All right, we're going to see what happens right now. We'll be right back. All right, not a whole lot to say coming out of that promo other than Dino Bravo referring to the Rougeaus as flying French frogs. I had to laugh anyway. But it's the Rougeau Brothers who get the last laugh, defeating... The new dream team of Greg the Hammer, Valentine, and Dino Bravo, along with manager Johnny V here. Jacques pinning Valentine with a small package after Raymond Rougeau reversed the hold. You see, it was actually Valentine on top first. Raymond going to play tit for tad here. If you guys can cheat, we can too. The Rougeau brothers scoring the win here to close out the night at the Spectrum. Although, it's not over for the new dream team here. Post-match, Valentine attacks and applies his figure four leg lock to Jacques Rougeau until Brother Raymond can return to the ring to make the save for his down brother. So the new Dream Team lose the match, but they save a little face there afterwards. Valentine locking in that figure four leg lock. But there's more action in the World Wrestling Federation on May the 9th. Also in St. Louis, Missouri at the Keel Auditorium. In front of 2,300 fans, once an NWA staple of Sam Muchnick there in St. Louis, down to only 2,300 fans for this lineup. It's Ron Bass over Brad Rangans, Outback Jack defeating Frenchie Martin, the demolition. Sam Houston makes his WWF debut, scoring a win over Sika here in St. Louis. Hacksaw Jim Duggan defeating the Iron Sheik. Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation over the British Bulldogs via pinfall. And in the main event, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat retains the IC title once again over the Macho Man inside a steel cage. So we see the WWF debut of Sam Houston. Duggan over the Iron Sheik. The tag team titles and the Intercontinental titles here on the line. We even get the cage match between Savage and Steamboat. So the WWF showing a little respect to the town of St. Louis by bringing some of their A-game 
two championship matches, both ending with a finish, and Duggan and the Sheik on the underneath as well. And even with all of that, 2,300 fans. And speaking of bad draws, the WWF out in Bakersfield, California, May the 10th, draws a staggering 867 fans. I gotta see what kind of card draws 867 fans. Oh, here we go. It's Tom McGee over Terry Gibbs, Nick Kaniski defeating Jimmy Jack Funk, Lanny Poffo over Iron Mike Sharp, women's champion Fabulous Moolah defeating Velvet McIntyre, the Killer Bees over Don Morocco and Cowboy Bob Orton, George Steele defeating Kamala on a DQ, and once again, the main event, Tito Santana pinning the natural Butch Reed. 867 fans. Yeah, I could see that. As we head back to Missouri, May the 10th at the Kemper Arena. Kansas City in front of 2,400 fans. Sam Houston again over Sika, the Wild Samoan. Jim Duggan pinning the Iron Sheik. It's the Hart Foundation once again retaining over the British Bulldogs. The Anvil scoring the pin over Davey Boy Smith there. And in the main event, IC champion Ricky Steamboat defeating the Macho Man inside the Steel Cage. And we're right back out west. Couple of cards here for May the 11th. First, Modesto, California. 2,500 fans sees Nick Kaniski over Jimmy Jack Funk. Tom McGee again over Terry Gibbs, Lanny Poffo defeating Iron Mike Sharp with a moonsault, the Killer Bees defeating Bob Orton and Don Morocco. When the Bees pull the old switcheroo with their masks and steal the win, also on the card, Mula retains over Velvet McIntyre, and again in the main event, Tito Santana pinning the natural Butch Reed with a small package. Also May the 11th in California at the Oakland Coliseum in front of 7,900 fans. This better be a good one. 8,000 fans in Oakland. Paul Roma over Steve Lombardi, the demolition defeating the Islanders, Nikolai Volkov pinning Corporal Kirchner, Brutus Beefcake over his former manager Johnny V on a DQ here in Oakland, also the Can-Am Connection defeating the Shadows, Kamala over George Steele on a DQ, Billy Jack Haynes subbing for the injured Jake Roberts, pinning the Hockey Talk Man once more, and main event sees IC champion Ricky Steamboat defeat the Macho Man inside the Steel Cage, so Oakland must have been a hot town at this point, or there's a typo somewhere. They take a couple of different troops. They put a few of the matches. They splice it together for this card, but it draws 8,000 fans? Wow. Also, May the 12th, we begin Superstars tapings for the next batch of TV in Anaheim, California at the Convention Center in front of 7,500 fans, and we'll be covering the TV extensively in the weeks to come on The Grenade. So we're just going to look at some of the notes here at this Superstars taping for May the 12th. The one-man gang! has arrived here in the WWF, managed by the Doctor of Style Slick, Sam Houston also in, and he got a better reception than most thought he would, reports to Meltz. Also, Outback Jack teaming with Hillbilly Jim, so apparently they are a tag team now. Lovely. Also in a dark match, Tom McGee pitting the magnificent Don Morocco. It's reported that McGee looked both excellent in acrobatics and horrible in wrestling moves at the same time in this matchup, but Tom McGee pinning Don Morocco here, albeit in a dark match. Now, the major angle on this card revolved around the Islanders turning heel. You see, the Islanders scheduled to take on another babyface team, the Can-Am Connection, when Bobby Heenan comes out from the back and offers a contract to Rick Martell and Tom Zink, who, of course, turn him down. This leads to the Islanders coming out and asking Heenan for that very same contract. And the two teams wind up having their matchup Islanders versus the Can-Ams in the second hour of the tapings, which the Islanders win by countout. The Islanders now managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan. 
We also get a dark match after the tapings. WWF champion Hulk Hogan defeating the King Harley Race this time on a countout. Also part of these superstars tapings, a primetime wrestling exclusive. We're going to touch on this in several weeks, but it's Tito Santana battling the natural Butch Reed to a 20-minute time limit draw. Match actually goes about 18 and a half minutes. And after the bout, Reed continued to attack Tito until Santana battled back with a flying forearm and cleared the natural from the ring. Going to be very interesting. I look forward to watching that match when we get to it. It's not going to air until the May 25th edition of primetime. But we're finally going to get these two on TV and in long form. Tito Santana and Butchery. We're going to see how that one plays out. But that was May the 12th Superstars taping. Let's look at the May 13th Wrestling Challenge taping in San Diego, California at the Sports Arena. Also in front of 7,500 fans in the dark match. Sam Houston over Terry Gibbs. Also taped for the Italian version of WWF Superstars. Dangerous Danny Davis pinning Tito Santana in about four minutes after hitting him with a pair of brass knuckles handed to him by manager Jimmy Hart. Also taped for the Italian version of Superstars, The Shadow. That's Randy Colley, the former Moondog Rex, pinning Paul Roma after a loaded headbutt shot. So The Shadow, one of The Shadows anyway, finally scoring a win here over Paul Roma. Also taped for the May 25th edition of Primetime Wrestling, Jacques and Raymond, the fabulous Rougeau brothers, defeating the team of Jimmy Jack Funk and Tiger Chung Lee. Raymond scoring the win there with Le Bon de Rougeau. Now, what makes this match intriguing, you might ask? Not only is it a primetime exclusive, but it aired internationally. And while Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan's voice are dubbed in for the primetime wrestling version here on commentary, the original commentary that aired in other areas was conducted by Craig DeGeorge. And listen to this. Legendary manager Bobby Davis randomly stops by and does voiceover work here for the Rougeos over Tiger Chung Lee and Jimmy Jack Funk. Talk about a weird one there. I would love to hear this. I don't know if it's out there. It's got to be out there. Nobody would know if it wasn't. So I'm going to mission now. I'm going to go find the Bobby Davis version of this matchup. Can't wait to hear that. And I feel like I have in the past, but I want to find it again. Also part of the challenge taping, Outlaw Ron Bass over Jesse Cortez going to air as a primetime exclusive on June the 1st. And a June 17th primetime exclusive going to see Bob Orton and the Magnificent Morocco defeating the team of Corporal Kirchner and C.V. Afi. Closing out the Wrestling Challenge taping in a dark match, WWF Champion Hulk Hogan defeating the Ugandan headhunter Kamala. As we move on to WWF in Duluth, Minnesota at the Entertainment and Convention Center on May the 14th. Bit of a mixed bag here with the C-team, Tom McGee over Terry Gibbs, Brand Rangans defeating Jimmy Jack Funk, the Women's Tag Team Champions. That's Judy Martin and Leilani Kai, soon to be renamed the Glamour Girls, defeating the team of Velvet McIntyre and Candice Perdue here in Duluth. The Islanders scoring a win over the team of Don Morocco and Bob Orton. Coco Beware, defeating Dangerous Danny Davis. And once again, we were scheduled to see a match between Brutus Beefcake and Adrian Adonis, but as you know, the adorable one no longer with the company. However, that's not going to stop me from playing what may be the final promo ever of Adonis' run here in the WWF. It is going to be some kind of a Thursday night at the Duluth Arena. Thursday, May the 14th, the World Wrestling Federation makes its debut here in the Twin Ports. And Lord Alfred Hayes, I'd like to say hi to my good friend, Eb Stewart, out at Northland Country Club. Eb, of course, I'm going to be in town a day early on Wednesday the 13th. And Lord Alfred and myself, we're going to be playing Leo Spooner and Dick Colbury, uh, a very formidable pair here in the Duluth area. But uh, I think we should say to them, bring a lot of money. 
I think so. I think you like the taste and the smell of green, don't you? I do, and I'm not talking about green grass. <laughs> hey, let's talk about what Harvey Solon has done. He has put together an absolutely superb World Wrestling Federation card. In a chain match, Billy Jack to beat Hercules. Coco Beware, the Birdman, squares off against Danny Davis. The ladies' tag team champions will be here. And Brutus Beefcake to go against Adrian Adonis, right here. All right, this man, you know what happened to him in WrestleMania 3. Adrian Adonis, you're going to be meeting none other than Brutus Beefcake one-on-one -on, -one on the big upcoming card right here. Your thoughts, first of all, about what happened to you. First of all, Piper was going down for the count. He was leaving a loser. Beefcake's interferes. You want the play-by-play? -play? He comes in and tears my heart out with clippers, disgraces me in front of millions of people. Now the big payback. I know everybody makes threats, and they're cheap. When you're going to get somebody, you don't tell anybody about it. But I want to tell the whole world, because when I'm going to do the job on this man's face, it's going to be like Jose Greco doing a Big Ten commercial on somebody's head. And let me tell you something, sweet cakes. It's the truth. It's the ultimate truth. Because you've got to go down, because I am the man of the hour, and I'm going to prove it by making you, like, stand to an hourglass in these the last days of your life. Going to find out Adrian Adonis to meet Brutus Beefcake right here. And I'm pretty sure this may be the last time we hear from Adrian here in the World Wrestling Federation. He says that Beefcake cost him the match against Piper at WrestleMania and then disgraced him by cutting his hair. Revenge on the mind of the adorable one, but he never makes it that far. Instead, we're to the ring, and it's Brutus Beefcake instead defeating Luscious Johnny V one more time. As we head into our main event, it's a chain match featuring the mighty Hercules scheduled to take on Billy Jack Haynes. But before we get there, it's Mean Gene and Lord Alfred Hayes standing by, setting the stage as we wait to hear from Billy Jack Haynes. Harvey Solon has done it again, Duluth. Hang on to your socks. Duluth Arena, downtown, Thursday, May the 14th, the World Wrestling Federation in town. And Lord Alfred, what a card, including a ladies tag team title defense for Leilani Kai and Judy Martin. If that were not enough, Brutus Beefcake to go against a hairless now, Adrian Adonis. And I know that Irv Goldfine is going to love this one. Coco Beware going against the former referee, now part of the Hart Foundation, Danny Davis. And uh, you've got a lot of friends here in the Duluth Superior area. Yeah, I have friends with the right spirit there. Jerome Tarang always had the right spirit. But you know something? Harvey Solon, he never picks up a tab for anything. Well, he's going to pick up a tab for us when we're in town for this big one. A chain match. Watch out, Duluth. Billy Jack Haynes going against Hercules here on the 14th of May. All right, they say that no man is an island, but this man you see on your television screen right now, Billy Jack Haynes, has survived very, very well on his own. And that's a credit to you, Billy Jack Haynes from Portland, Oregon. All of a sudden, Hercules. And everything that's happened between the two of you coming down now to what they're calling a chain match, where you're actually going to be hooked to Hercules via a chain. Gene, I'm ready. Hey, Hercules, I heard with comments that you said to me about this chain. I felt it. In WrestleMania 3. Now, brother, I was born and raised in the streets. I hate your guts like you hate mine. And it's going to take a chain match to get one of us out of professional wrestling. Let's do it. We signed that dotted line. And I'm telling you right to your face, Hercules, I'm 100% business. I'm either going to take a ride to the ambulance for good or you're going to take a ride to the ambulance for good with that 50-pound chain. It is unbelievable the two men would do this to themselves, but it's official. The chain match between Billy Jack and Hercules. All right, and Haynes says he felt Hercules' chain at WrestleMania 3, and boy, does he sound ready for revenge. Billy Jack Haynes headed to the ring for this chain match, but it is the mighty Hercules 
who scores the win over Haynes here, picking up the win in Duluth. As the WWF also still on the West Coast, Fresno, California, at the Selland Arena on May the 14th, it's the King Harley Race over Corporal Kirchner, Dick Slater defeating Dave Barbie, Ken Patera subbing for Jake Roberts, scoring a pin over the Honky Talk Man, the Can-Am Connection over the team of Sika and Mr. Fuji, and in the main event, WWF Champion Hulk Hogan pinning the Ugandan Kamala. What an interesting card here in Fresno. wonder who Fuji was subbing for there. You have Harley Race on the card. He's not working Hogan. It's Kamala scheduled against Hogan, so I don't think Kam- Fuji subbing for Kamala. Just a really interesting card here in Fresno. Also, May the 15th, Sacramento, California at the Arco Arena. Sees Corporal Kirshner over Jerry Monty, Jerry Allen over Steve Lombardi, Dick Slater defeating Dave Barbie, leaping Lanny Pavo over Tiger Chung Lee. And also on the card, the Can-Am Connection scheduled to take on the team of Kamala and Sika here. We're going to hear from the Can-Am Connection. And just for the fun of it, a quick promo from Jake the Snake Roberts. All right, Gene Oakland, reminding you this Friday night, Arco Arena here in Sacramento. Friday night, May 15th, World Wrestling Federation back in town. Heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan to defend against the king of wrestling, Harley Race. Golden Boy Danny Spivey and Leap and Laddie Poffo and a host of other superstars are going to be in town. Come on in, Tom Zink, Rick Martell, Can-Am Connection. This Friday night at Arco Arena, gentlemen, it's going to be Kamala and Sika, now the property of Mr. Fuji, Rick. Yes, you know what I mean, Gene? It can be a jungle out there, especially when you wrestle against Kamala and Sika. Those two guys are animals, they're savages, but you know... The stronger survives, but we're not going to go out there and try to match strength for strength. We're going to use our head. We're going to try to tire these guys out because, you know, if ever it was going to come down with that big splash of the top rope right onto you, it'd be it. We're going to go there and come out of victory, and that Fuji, we're going to wash him in that corner. All right, Tom, I should point out, collectively, these two men just about go 800 pounds. That's right. The both of them are two very large men, like Rick said. How do you walk away from a splash? Or nonetheless, a headbutt from a big powerful man like Sika. You two aren't going to stop us because a loss at this point could be disaster for yeah. us. We realize it, and we're going to be after you guys. All, All right. right, I thank you very much. They're red hot, very popular. The Can-Am Connection out at the Arco Arena this coming Friday night here in Sacramento. Now, Jake the Snake Roberts, you have got none other than the Honky Talk Man next Friday night. And what do you think I'm going to do? Go out and shake hands? No way. Oh, I don't guess so after you embarrassed me at WrestleMania, nearly tore my head off on the snake pit. I'm not going to be out there smiling, and if I do, it'll be at the end. And you know something else that gets me? They're trying to ban the DDT. That tells me one thing. He's scared. Obviously. i tell you something, Honky Tonk. It's just a matter of time. You're like a man sitting in an electric chair. You know it's going to hit you. You just don't know when I'm going to pull the switch. All right, Jake the Snake Roberts, Hulk Hogan, and a host of other superstars at Arco Arena this Friday night. Don't miss it. Rick Martell, Tom Zink, talk wrestling the savages. Using their brains to take out the brawn, tiring out those animals, Kamala and Sika. For a little bonus there, we got a Jake promo. And speaking of Jake promos, up next, we were scheduled to see the Honky Tonk Man take on Jake the Snake Roberts. Now, as you know, Jake out of commission. He's going to be substituted tonight by Ken Patera, but that's not going to stop us from hearing from promos from both sides. It's the Honky Tonk Man, but first, it's the Snake. Oh, we're delighted to be back in the capital city at Arco Arena here in Sacramento on Friday night, May the 15th. By the way, I want to say hi to my very dear, close, personal friend out in Grass Valley, Bert Marshall. Bert, I expect you to have a ringside seat, and you're going to have to spring for this one, pal. No more comps, no more freebies for you. And Jake the Snake to make an appearance on Friday the 15th at Arco Arena against the Honky Tonk Man. Well, after what this man has gone through over the past couple of months, I can't help... 
but agree with your decision to demand from World Wrestling Federation promoters Jake the Snake Roberts a shot at the Honky Tonk Man. Beware the, f the fury of a patient man, though. You know, I sit back and I've waited. I've took my time. I've played your silly little game. But you don't want to give it up. No. But I'll tell you the kind of guy that's always been able to reach out and take it. And Honky Tonk Man, after what you did to me, after you took your shot, but you see, you made a mistake. You didn't make it count. It didn't last. And I'm standing here in front of you telling now, I want you, and I want you real bad. And I'm going to get him. And when I do get you, Honky Tonk, you know what's waiting on you. You know one thing for sure. The DDT is going to drop you and stop you. Then Damien's going to play. But my man, when I do drop you with that DDT, I'm going to drop you so damned hard your whole family's going to fall down. All right, get ready for that one. The Hockey Talk Band. I mean, Jake the Snake Roberts, right here. All right, Sacramento, stay tuned. More exciting World Wrestling Federation action coming up in just a moment or two. We're going to be at Arco Arena this coming Friday night, May 15th. Tremendous action indeed. Heavyweight champion of the world here in the state capital. Hulk Hogan with the title defense, the challenger, the king of wrestling, Harley Race. In addition, the Can-Am Connection, Martell and Zink. Are they something else? Meeting the two big men, Kamala and Samoan Sika. You're going to be seeing leaping Lanny Poffo, Golden Boy Danny Spivey, and a host of other superstars all converging on the Arco Arena this Friday night, including the man who's going to be meeting Jake the Snake Roberts, my guest at this time from Memphis, Tennessee. Are you loose, Honky Tonk Man? Are you I loose? Good. You know I feel good today because right here in Sacramento, California, I only need 10,000 more votes, 10,000 more write-ins, 10,000 more calls and letters, and the DDT will be banned, and this Friday night, Jake the Snake Roberts will not be able to use it. The honky-tonk man feels good. I bet you Betty Lou has got your guitar, huh? Peggy Sue, she's got my guitar. She's getting it tuned up. She's getting it tuned up for Friday night. Because at Narco Arena, when the honky-tonk man struts in there, with his guitar by his side, the colonel over here, and Peggy Sue waiting in the back with the keys and the 59 Cadillac all ribbed up. She knows that when it's all over, the Honky Tonk Man's going to do her favorite song. That's all right, Honky Tonk Mama. And I'm going to play it loud and clear. And I'm going to play it for you, Jake the Snake, because I only need 10,000 more votes, 10,000 more, and it'll be all over. And I know I can get it in Sacramento because they love me more there than they do anywhere else in the world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They want to see the Honky Tonk Man do his thing. You say you're going to garner another 10,000 votes before this Friday night? That seems I'm, like... I, they're going to be there. You wait and see. Ban the DDT. Please, people, get behind the Honky Tonk Man. I love you. All right, Jake the Snake, <laughs> to meet this gentleman, the Honky Tonk Man at Arco Arena this coming Friday night. Don't miss it. So Honky Tonk and banning the DDT. The ban the DDT campaign continues on. Meanwhile, Jake says that Honky Tonk took his shot, but he didn't make it count. Robert's coming for a revenge here tonight in the form of Ken Patera, who is subbing for the injured Snake Man, Patera scoring the win over the Honky Tonk Man. And in the main event here at the Arco Arena, WWF Champion Hulk Hogan defeating the King, Harley Race. As we move on to Houston, Texas, the WWF taking over the Sam Houston Coliseum in affiliation at this point with promoter Paul Bosch. It's the WWF's debut in the Sam Houston Coliseum alongside Paul Bosch. May the 15th, it all goes down, promoted as an 11-match card. Now, Blackjack Mulligan originally scheduled to be one of the matches here on the show. Blackjack does not appear as advertised as he had already quit the company, but just for the hell of it, here's a couple promos from the already gone Blackjack Mulligan. It starts Friday, May 15th at the Sam Houston Coliseum. And one of the biggest stars in the WWF is Blackjack Mulligan. Ooh, brother, I'm going to tell you something. You can start to feel the electricity. 
You can feel the electricity in the air starting to build around you because Houston, first of all, has always been a first class, a number one, first rate town, just like Paul Bosch was the promoter of it. Always a first rate person. Now let me tell you something, WWF is coming to this town in 39 gold, brother, I'm gonna add that. We're gonna be on 39 gold like you've never seen before. Now what we're gonna do, I personally myself, I'm gonna concentrate on just making it to the town on the 15th and showing up. But I'm gonna tell you something to some people that are starting to bother me a little bit, like Ronnie Bass has been doing some insulting to my family, insulting some of my heavyset ladies in the name of Sergio Puckett, been kinda, been kinda nasty about my pickup truck, been kinda nasty about me chewing tobacco. Don't you worry about it, Ronnie Bass. Who I go out with, what kind of tapes I play, what kind of truck I drive, what kind of house that I live in. Because right here in Houston, Pete, I'm gonna tell you something, I get so excited because this is the Mecca. I cut my eye teeth around here on some of the roughest, toughest, I mean, just outright dirty, filthy hombres out in them bars and fought my way up the hard way. Came up the hard way in the back streets. And now I'm on top of the world with WWF and I've come back to Houston to claim, to claim what is rightfully, what is rightfully mine. And that's Sarah Jo Puckett because she's been running around with some Houston truck driver and I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna bust him up with some knuckle sandwiches, Pete. You understand what I'm saying? I understand. Blackjack Mulligan will be there. Hacksaw Jim Duggan returns. So many more stars from the WWF. History will be made Friday, May 15th, Sam Houston Coliseum, as Houston Wrestling joined forces with the WWF, and you, the Houston Wrestling fans, are going to be the winners. This is the Sam Houston Coliseum on Friday, May the 15th. One man you're going to see in action and remember is the toughest Texan of them all, Blackjack Mulligan. Ooh, Lord of mercy, Paul Bush, lock up the women and the children because Blackjack Mulligan is right here in Houston town, brother, doing it like he should. Now, Paul, you know something, I just reminiscing, I just going back through my cerebrum here just a little bit, and I remember that you was at the Concho County Fair the day that I won the, the bull riding at the Concho County Fair, and I also remember that Paul, I'm talking about way back 1978, 79, I'm talking about, that you was also there when I met Sergio Puckett, my girlfriend. You introduced us, as a matter of fact. Do you remember that? Well, yeah. Well, anyway, it doesn't make no difference, because what we're talking about right now is WWF wrestling, the greatest wrestling in the world, and Blackjack Mulligan is kind of, let me tell you something, undecided as to whether he's going to use knuckle sandwiches or whether he's going to use some flying drop kicks. Paul, you see, my style is kind of regulated, regulated a little bit, so I don't know whether I want to brawl, fight, barroom brawl. You know I was a barroom brawl one time. Quit that mm. stuff. Drink milk now and all that stuff, go to church. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Or whether I want to go out there and wrestle a little bit, Paul. I hadn't made my mind up what I want to do with WWF. Well, you haven't made up your mind because you are the toughest Texan, and you say that you're going to put your brand, in a sense, on everybody you wrestle. Well, you know something, Paul, that always, I, I really don't understand is how in the world that Texas always gets tagged with braggadocious, that we always talk too much, that we always got the biggest, that we always got the best. I never did understand that, where all that stuff come from. Just because this state, you know, we do it right, just because we drive pickup ducks, trucks, uh, pickup trucks it is, per capita, Houston has more pickup trucks than any other city in the United States, and more heaven-set ladies, and you know how I feel about heaven-set ladies, Paul Bart, because as far as I'm concerned, I cannot wait to get here and made a 15. And I also know Ooh. how he feels about thumping an Ooh. opponent, and you'll find out Friday, May 15th, at the Sam Houston Coliseum. Be there. And you never know when his last promo is coming. Blackjack Mulligan, I had to get those in. Fun times there, as Mulligan talks with both Peter Burkholz and also Paul Bosch. And this show featured here in Houston. A few of the matches wind up on primetime wrestling and things of that nature, but it airs locally. Many of these matches do, with commentary done by Paul Bosch and nephew Peter Burkholz here. 
And the main event of the card there in Houston? It's a rematch from WrestleMania 3, a match that Paul Bosch had shown repeatedly on his TV show before Vince McMahon found out and put a stop to that. Yes, Paul Bosch was showing Steamboat vs. Savage from WrestleMania 3 nearly every week on his program leading into this Coliseum show. And speaking of those two men, they're going to main event here tonight in Houston, so why not hear from both sides? It's the champion, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and the challenger, the Macho Man. ...have defeated Randy Macho Man Savage for the Intercontinental Heavyweight title in the Silver Dome during WrestleMania 3. Randy Macho Man Savage demanded a return match. It was signed for Houston, Texas, Friday, May 15th, right here in the Sam Houston Coliseum. A tremendous showdown. Now let's hear a couple of comments from both the new champion, Steamboat, and also the challenger and former champion, Randy Macho Man Savage, right now. You know something, ladies and gentlemen, on March the 29th, history was made. We took a big, giant step forward in professional wrestling. And reviewing the match that I had with Randy Savage, I truly believe that it could have gone either way. The number of times that I covered him, the number of times that he covered me, I feel I was just very fortunate to come out on top of that match. Now, I know that he's going to have his sights sets and his guns ready for me. Anywhere in the United States on those return matches, the macho man Randy Savage wants this championship back. I'll tell you something, Randy Savage. You want to tear my heart out? You want to take away my soul? Well, nobody in professional wrestling has ever done that. There have been people that have come close, and you have been one of them. On March the 29th, the dragon was breathing fire, and my friend, I will continue to breathe fire as long as I am champion. Realize the facts, and the fact is right now that I am no longer the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion, living a nightmare that happened in WrestleMania 3, unjustifiably so, yeah, I am the better wrestler. Everyone all around the world has got to realize that, yeah, be honest with yourselves and be honest with uh, everyone, yeah, I am an honest guy, and I honestly can tell you, Dragon Ricky Steamboat, that you are going to be the shortest lived intercontinental heavyweight champion of all time yeah because you're just wearing that belt till i get my hands on you and when i get my hands on you justifiably so i will be the intercontinental heavyweight champion again you had a fluke yeah a fluke victory and that victory will be short-lived the dragon will burn the next time i get my hands on you now, also during this Houston card featured an in-ring promo by Ted DiBiase, longtime main eventer for the Mid-South Wrestling Territory, the UWF up to this point. Bill Watts selling out to Jim Crockett, so Paul Bosch loses all of the UWF talent. But Ted DiBiase jumps to the WWF, so he's seen here as an actual local main eventer still at this point. And in this in-ring promo, Ted DiBiase he says that it's only fitting that he tell the fans of Houston first that he would now be competing for the World Wrestling Federation. Then, of course, moments later, another former UWF main eventer, most recently the former UWF World Heavyweight Champion, the one-man gang arrives to the ring for his upcoming matchup. He's got the Doctor of Style Slick by his side. A confrontation ensues between the gang and DiBiase before the referee Dave Hebner has to get in between and separate the two men. Now, this would actually mark Ted DiBiase's return to the WWF after a seven-year absence, DiBiase leaving in 1980, the former North American champion that was the predecessor to the Intercontinental title belt after Pat Patterson defeated DiBiase, all of a sudden Patterson named the 
IC champion after winning that quote-unquote tournament in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Wink, wink. Also on the Houston card, the team of Jimmy Powers and Paul Roma over the shadows. Once again, the same spot, Paul Roma tripping up one of the shadows, Jimmy Powers catching the other one with the crossbody to score the win. That'll actually air on a future episode of Primetime Wrestling. Also on Primetime, this match from Houston, women's champion, the fabulous Mula, defeating Angie Minnelli. Minnelli going for a big scoop slam, but Mula turning it into a small package to retain her title there. Also on this Houston card, well, it wouldn't be a Houston card without Sam Houston jumping over from the UWF to the WWF as well. Houston likely not welcome back to JCP, so it's all for the better. Sam Houston slated to take on Iron Mike Sharp in just a couple minutes, but first we're going to hear from the youngster. Here's Sam Houston. You're looking at exciting Sam Houston, who has signed to be on that history-making card Friday, May 15th at the same Houston Coliseum. Yes, Houston Wrestling has joined the WWF, but so has Sam Houston, and he's mighty proud of it. Something. Paul Bosch has done something amazing, and on May 15th in the Sam Houston Coliseum, you're going to see it. You're going to see the first WWF card under Paul Bosch in Houston, Texas, and I'm very proud to be a part of it. Matter of fact, I'm real happy, and I'm glad Paul made the move, and I'm going to tell you something that comes from my heart. I'm glad to be up here. I'm glad to be having fun. I'm glad to be seeing a lot of old friends of mine. I'm going to tell you something else. Houston, Texas, if you think you've seen a little bit of Sam Houston before, you just wait, and on May 15th, we're going to get down, we're going to have some good times, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Friday, May 15th, history will be made. That's the night that we've been talking about these last few weeks with all the superstars in professional wrestling coming to Houston, Texas, coming to the Sam Houston Coliseum. What a night it's going to be. Sam and, and fans who have already come out and purchased tickets, they're excited because history will well, be made. Kid, let me tell you something. you got Ricky the Dragon Steamboat against Macho Man Randy Savage. you got Hacksaw Jim Duggan against Nikolai Volkov. You've got the Killer Bees against the Demo. You've got Velvet McIntyre against the Fabulous Moon. You have got a card you would not believe, ladies and gentlemen. So if you want to get out there, get your tickets early and come see me. I'll be out there signing autographs like I always am. So just come on down and say hi. We'll be there. Friday, May 15th, Sam Houston Coliseum. Hope to see all Houston wrestling fans out there. All right, Houston looking ready to go here, and he does defeat Iron Mike Sharp once again, the Bulldog. Scoring the win, although Iron Mike taking a back bump off this Bulldog. Wasn't really sure what to expect. Houston coming off the ropes. And Iron Mike, well, he took a bump. Houston scoring the win there in just over five minutes of action. Also on the card, yet again, Tito Santana. Arriba! Scheduled to take on the Natural Butch Reed. Let's hear from Mr. Arriba himself, Tito Santana, and the manager of the Natural. We're going to hear from the Doctor of Style, Slick. Santana has proven to us in the past just exactly what he thinks of the natural Butch Reed, and especially of his manager, Slick. And on the upcoming card right here, Tito, you're going to be going against Mr. Reed. Well, it's a match that I'm looking forward to, and one thing that I've cleared up without a doubt now, Gene, is Slick, you know darn well, Slick, that if you stick your nose in my match, something bad's going to happen to you. This is a match between Butch Reed and myself that I'm looking forward to. You know, you talk about what you're going to do to me, Butch Reed. You, talk, you tell me how bad you are. Well, I've been around the WWF for a long time, Butch Reed, and I've seen a lot of bad guys go by, my man. You have to show me in the ring, Butch Reed, because I can fight fire with fire, my man, and I'm looking forward to this match. It's going to be a tough one, Gene. Well, you're going to have to give the veteran from St. Louis a lot of credit because he is a big, rough, rugged, tough individual. If he were not enough, slick in his corner only compounds the problems for you. Santana! Friday, May 15th, Sam Houston Coliseum. That historic card is going to show the return of Butch Reed, the natural Butch Reed, the powerhouse 
up against sensational Tito Santana. And by now, you've either heard or you've witnessed what took place at WrestleMania three in the Silverdome before 93,000 wrestling fans. And here's Dr. Styles slick with a new set of threads. You know, March, May the 15th, a date that will live in infamy in the mind of you, Chico Santana. Because, you know, all the people saw, 93,173 people, plus all the millions of viewers that watched on cable television, they saw the natural butchery administered to Coco Beware, one of the worst beatings that he's ever received in his cabbage patch cotton-picking life. And then you, Santana, you had the audacity to take it upon yourself to put your hands upon my person. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Nobody puts their hands on me and get away with it. And let me tell you something. Butch Reed is going to roll, rock and roll, strut and stroll in the town, baby. He's going to take care of you once and for all. He's going to knock all the taste of nachos out your Mexican life. Don't you ever forget that. Dr. Style, all the superstars in professional wrestling will be at the Sam Houston Coliseum Friday, May 15th. Hope to see all of you out there as well. It's going to be a historic night, and we want you to be a part of it. All right, Slick saying that nobody puts their hands on the Slickster, the natural here to seek revenge on Tito Santana. Unfortunately, I don't have results for this matchup, so I'm not really sure how it played out. Did Tito go over? Did Reed steal the win? Was it another time limit draw? I'm not really sure. But what I am sure about is a real big homecoming for Ho Hacksaw Jim Duggan returning to his roots, the Mid-South Territory, the Houston Territory. Hacksaw Jim Duggan back in the Sam Houston Coliseum and all is right in the world as Duggan is slated to take on one of his foes here in the WWF, Nikolai Volkov. But first, we're going to hear from multiple promos involving both Duggan as well as Slick, the Iron Sheik, and of course, Nikolai Volkov. Friday, May 15th, Sam Houston Coliseum will be invaded by the WWF as it joins forces with Houston Wrestling and one of the most colorful, controversial tag teams in the entire world you're looking at right now. Nikolai Volkov, the Russian, and the Iranian, the Iron Sheik. And their manager, Slick. And Friday, May 15th, Houston, Texas. That's right. And let the people know that they are looking at the uncrowned heavyweight tag team champions of the world. Did you hear what I said? The uncrowned champion, because these men have proved over and over again that they cannot be beaten, one, two, three, in the middle of the squared circle. And let me tell you something, brother. Before I'm done with these men, they're going to roll over all our position, brother, like an 18-wheeler running over a Volkswagen. Is that right, Nicolai? That's right, Slick. As you know and the people know, me and my partner, we never lost the belts. Those Americans promoters, they were so jealous. Especially Paul Bosch and the double crosses. They stole those away from us. Many times those champions who have belts now put contra against us. We will be the new champions. That's why, right, Sheik. You're absolutely right, Nicola. Intelligent American, a special toughest state in the America, takes us people, especially in the Houston. All pickup drive people, all redneck people, all Spanish, Mexican, they know about the Aaron Sheik was a WWF champion. Hulk Hogan, 1984, double cross me because referee was your cousin, but remember. The honesty never died. I come from all this country to the Bar Paul Bosch country, Houston, Texas. Mr. Paul Bosch, your reputation is all over the world, all over Iran and Russia. 
But we are here for one reason, to show American people, Houston, Texas, Russia, Iran, always number one. You, the Houston Wrestling fans, are going to be the winner. The greatest stars in professional wrestling, new faces, and but more important, the old faces and the old friends are coming back. Hey, tough guy, let me tell you, Pete, it's good to see you again. But I want to tell you folks out there in Houston something. I'm up with the WWF, and I'm proud to be there. But you know when I'm up there, I spend a lot of time traveling around in airplanes, a lot of time riding around in limousines every once in a while. Kind of excites old hacksaw. But I talked to some of the other guys, and some guys say, hey, Boston's a great town to wrestle in. New York's a great town to wrestle in. Some even say LA's a great town to wrestle in. But what Hacksaw Jim Duggan says is Houston, Texas, baby. That's my town, and that's where the wrestling's coming. So I'm excited about coming back, and I'm coming back against the Russian. I said it before, and I'll say it again. This is the land of the free, and the home of the brave, and no Russian's gonna come out on USA soil, hold his Russian flag up in the air, grab a microphone, and start singing that Russian national anthem, not as long as Hacksaw Jim Duggan's around, because all you folks know, all you gotta do is look back at that dressing room door, you start hearing that Russian national anthem, look back, he starts bellowing, look back, cause them dressing room doors are gonna kick open. Hacksaw Jim Duggan's gonna come out snorting, with sweat going this way, spit going that way, hair going every which way, but I'm coming for one reason, that's to take care of business. That's to take care of the Russians. And you know me. You folks out there know me. If things get rough, if things kind of get behind the back, you know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan's not afraid to move some furniture. Hacksaw Jim Duggan's not afraid to pick up a table, forget the chair. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan for sure is not afraid to pick up a two-by-four. See you in Houston, tough guy. Friday, May 15th. Jeff and Houston Wrestling combined for a tremendous blockbusting card. And that's going to be the night of the homecoming of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. That's correct, Hacksaw Jim Duggan returns to Houston Wrestling in the Sam Houston Coliseum. The proud American will be going up against the tough and rugged Russian, Nikolai Volkov. You know, Jim Duggan, you call yourself this place your home. You sticking dirty hippie, American hippie. I'd be ashamed of myself if I look like you, if I smell like you, to call myself at home. I hide behind somebody. That's what you should do. Because right here on May 15, when you step the ring against me, I remember when you hit your two by four and you come to try to hit me behind my head. And you try to stop me, my most beautiful favorite song, Russian National Anthem, song of the world, capital of the world. Let me tell you, I come from Russia. And Russia is the biggest, the strongest country in the whole world. And when you are big like I am, and when you are stronger as Russia is, you have nothing to fear. I am not scared of you, Dogan. I don't hide away from you. I'm going to be here. But I just want to make one sure. Are you sure you're going to be there, Dogan? Because I know you are scared. Last time when you come to hit me with two by four, and my partner, the Iron Sheik, and my manager, the Slick, the only Americans I can trust, come behind me, told me, Nikolai, watch it. I turn around, and I beat you to the punch. You go down. Well, remember, Dogan. I hate you so much. I hate Houston people so much. I hate Houston because I was here before, and I know you, and I know how much those people like you, and I can understand how come those people can like some garbage like you. And I see these people here, believe me, if I go back to Russia, 
And if ever war comes on those countries, I will have no guilty conscience. Pour the bombs and destroy you all. Yes, on Friday, May the 15th, Houston Wrestling returns to the Sam Houston Coliseum. And right here and right now, as we say in the television business, here in the studios of Channel 39, Nikolai Volkov, who will be facing Hacksaw Jim Duggan at on the 15th in the Coliseum. And Duggan doesn't like you, Mr. Volkov. You know, Duggan is nothing but American dirty hippie. All he have to do is take a bath. But he never take a bath in his life. He never comb his hair. He come around a stink. Let me tell you, Dugan, when I come from, I come from Russia, the biggest, the greatest country in the whole world. One of the smallest Russian streets of Moscow is bigger than the whole Houston. One of the smallest Russian states is ten times bigger than the whole Texas. And I come from the place where the athletes are born. No hippie and stinking hippie like you. So when you come here in Houston, I will give you singing lesson, and then after I finish singing my Russian national anthem, I will give you wrestling lesson. Well, Duggan may not appreciate the singing lesson, but he did give me a message to give to you. I'll have no message from Duggan because, Duggan, when I come here in Houston, I will come with that ring, and after I beat you, I will hold you up, and you will sing. You will learn to sing Russian national anthem, and you will bow me down and say, Nikolai Vulko, Russia number one. Nikolai Volkov, number one. This is the message he told me to give to you. He said you would understand it perfectly. This I understand you, Dogan. You come in this Dogan. You try to hit me with my head. But what happened last time you tried to do that, Dogan? What happened? Your head is gone. I hit you in the head so hard. I hit you so hard that you was down on the floor and they take you out on a stretcher just like they take American garbage out. You're going down like old American airplanes. Okay, lots of promos there heading into this match. And this match will actually make air on Houston Wrestling Television. The footage is out there. I'll try to get it up for you guys. Going to air the following week after this on Houston TV. It's going to see Nikolai Volkov with both Slick and Iron Sheik in his corner pinning Hacksaw Jim Duggan in just 3 minutes and 28 seconds after the Iron Sheik tripping Duggan up from the outside. Nikolai not even bothering to drop an elbow, a knee, or anything. Just making the cover, scoring the win there, pinning Duggan in just 3 and a half minutes. Following the match, Duggan triple-teamed by Sheik Volkov and the Slickster. However, Hacksaw finally manages to get his hands on that 2x4, chasing the heels off there. Now, as for the match, I had a chance to watch it before we recorded. The match itself, absolutely awful, sloppy, but thankfully short. And you know I mentioned Sheik tripping up Duggan for the finish. Sheik actually misses his cue, leading to a really botched spot between Duggan and Volkov. So they have to do it again. Sheiky finding his cue on the second time, tripping up Duggan, and as I said, Nikolai just making the cover. Hacksaw surprisingly doing the job here, getting pinned, at least in the city of Houston. Obviously, they plan to bring this match back, but after watching this, I really don't want to see it again. Nevertheless, we head off right now to Paul Bosch. He's caught up with a very heated Hacksaw Jim Duggan following the match. Well, we're here with Duggan. At least we're trying to get him to quiet I'm down. Right here. I'm here, right here, Mr. Bosch. Let me tell you folks out there something. You know Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and I'm not one to come out here and cry about spilled milk. But let me tell Slick, let me tell that Iranian Sheik, and let me tell that big Russian something. If that's the rules you guys want to play with, if that's the kind of tactics you guys want to use, let me tell you, Hacksaw Jim Duggan's no stranger than that, Paul Bosch. You know, I have a few friends of my, myself 
And old Hacksaw knows how to use the telephone, and I'm not afraid to call a few of them up. I can mention their names out here right now, Mr. Bosch. But that's not the way Hacksaw Jim Duggan is. Remember Volkov? Remember Sheik? And you slut, you should be ashamed to call yourself an American. Remember one thing, when you have Hacksaw Jim Duggan out in that ring, you just don't have to beat me, but you have to beat every American in that building. And that's one thing none of the three of you can do. Tough guy! Hacksaw Jim Duggan is one of Houston Wrestling's all favorite wrestlers, and he will be in for the battle of his life on Sunday, June 7th at the same Houston Coliseum when he faces the rugged Russian Nikolai Volkov in a return battle. But Duggan will have a friend this time in his corner. Jake the Snake will be there with his snake, Damien, as they battle Volkov. But let's listen to what Duggan has to say, plus Volkov. I don't care who's supposed to be next. I'm going to be next. That's the way it's going to be. Houston, Texas, Hacksaw Jim Duggan's here to promise you something. And you folks know when old Hacksaw says he's going to do something, you can count on it. So next time that great, big, strong Nikolai Volkov comes down to the ring and he tries to sing that Russian national anthem, old Hacksaw Duggan's going to come from the back. And baby, you don't only have to beat me, you're going to have to beat every American in that building. And you can't do that, Volkov. So tough guy. Old Hacksaw get down to this three-point stance, finish you off with a clothesline. I just got off the telephone with my friend Jake Roberts. And he promised me that he was going to come sit ringside. And guess who he's bringing, Volkov? Damien. So after it's one, two, three on you, I wouldn't be too surprised. Matter of fact, I bet that old Jake's going to stick that snake on you. Tough guy. You know, you know me. I'm not the kind of guy that stands alongside just anybody. I mean, some people will pledge allegiance to any flag. But sometimes, I've went out here, I've told you, I don't need no friends. And I don't. I don't want no friends. But there are certain people in this world I do respect. And one is Jim Duggan, because I've stood beside him before. I know what the man can do. He believes in what he wants to believe in. He's his own man. Now, he believes in this country. And Volkov, you made a big mistake. You fellas played around with the wrong man. I mean, it's for sure one thing, you know, he never gets boring, now does he? <laughs> you might get boarded, but he's never bored himself. But what I want to tell you is this. In Houston, June 7th, when Hacksaw puts you down, big man, you big Russian, Damien is going to come out and play. You know why? Because if I'm going to sit at ringside all that time, i got to have my kicks too. You know what I mean? It's going to happen. You know, let me tell you something, Dugan. I'm more proud of Nikolai than I've ever been before, brother, because he put the whipping on you I expected he would. Now what have you done? You've gone and gotten Jake Roberts in your corner. Well, that's fine because I'm going to have the sheik in my man's corner, and you're going to get the same thing you got the last time, but only this time much more. Right, Nikolai? That's right, Jim Dugan. The Blood Rocket ever get any championship? The Olympic Olympics? My partner in me was World Taking Champion. We had a team. He going to be my partner. So you're not going to come behind my back. And you're not going to stop this central anthem. I go sing him all the time, all my life, all the time. This time when I come to Houston, I'm going to be just revenge. They're going to finish you once for all. You go down and charge on them. You're going to be finished. They're going to carry you out because to me you are nothing but an ugly American hippie. And only good American is under my feet. Finish. All right. So next time around, we know it's Nikolai Volkov. He's going to have the Iron Sheik and Slick in his corner. Well, Jim Duggan, he has the 2x4, but he needs a little more. 
He promises to bring someone to be in his corner as well when he returns to Houston next time around to take on Volkov in a rematch. That's someone being the former Mid-South Wrestling and Houston Wrestling star, the former UWF heavyweight champion, Jake the Snake Roberts. And you guys got to remember, up until just over a year ago, Jake the Snake was main eventing the Houston Territory against Dick Slater, so another big name to bring into that Houston Territory. But the show goes on. Other names on the card featured the likes of Hillbilly Jim, the one-man gang we talked about, the Iron Sheik in singles competition. I don't have their opponents, however. Also on the card, Demolition were slated to take on the Killer Bees. But this is what you've all been waiting for, guys. It's the main event. They're billing it as the rematch from WrestleMania 3 between the Intercontinental Champion Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and the Macho Man Randy Savage. But first, we're going to hear promos from both sides. It's Peter Burkholz with the IC Champion Ricky Steamboat, followed by Paul Bosch interviewing the Macho Man. Dubbed title, the WWF Intercontinental Heavyweight Title Belt, a beautiful belt and symbolic of one of the top wrestlers in the entire world. And Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who won this beautiful belt from Randy Macho Man Savage, WrestleMania 3 before 93,000 people. And Ricky, tremendous feat, congratulations. But on Friday, May 15th, right here in the same Eastern Coliseum, Macho Man gets his return match. You know something, ladies and gentlemen, that particular day had set an unprecedented mark in professional wrestling. All those thousands of fans, millions of viewers around the world, and with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's back up against the wall, my last chance at this championship, I came out wrestling. As you notice, a lot of the other wrestlers on that particular day were coming out fighting, but I came out, and so did Randy Savage. We came out wrestling, and that's what it's all about. We tried to pin each other 22 different times in the course of that match, and pinning is winning, and that's what it took the 22nd time to beat Savage. Now, as a champion, he gave me my opportunities, and I've got to give him his. So right here in Houston, Savage, I know that you're going to be coming here with both of your guns blazing. I'll have the championship on the line. World Wrestling Federation for an 11-match card with 26 superstars that is really going to be one that will be talked about for years. But no matter how long you talk about it, you will not equal the amount that has been talked about the match that stole WrestleMania 3 before 93,173 fans in Pontiac, Michigan. Randy, you were part of that tremendous feat. It was a part of the living nightmare is what it was. Yeah, the Mecca of professional wrestling happens to be Houston, Texas at this particular time. But to the macho man, Randy Savage, yeah, I'm telling you something without the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship belt. I'm standing before you right now, and I feel naked. Yeah, I feel like I ain't got no clothes on right now, no. It could have happened in Tokyo, Japan. It could have happened in St. Louis, Missouri, or all the way side of the world in Africa. It doesn't even matter to me. Houston, Texas is the place. We got a date. Yeah, we got a date, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, but I ain't talking about the type of date where a guy picks up a chick. Yeah, no, 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 no. Completely different. I'm talking complete mental insanity. I'm talking, uh, yeah. I'm talking about coming and getting my Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship belt back. 
because the situation is this. My career was going, yeah! And then the stumbling block happened. Living nightmare, everybody celebrating WrestleMania 3, except one guy. Yeah, that guy is the macho man Randy Savage. And I will not let that happen, no. My time when Houston, Texas happens, that is the time that I get back to the human race. And I'm going to get that belt back. And you can count on it. So you've heard from Randy Savage and you know how he feels. May 15th, Sam Houston Coliseum. It'll be great. It stole the show at WrestleMania. All right. It's a sight to see seeing Paul Bosch trying to navigate a promo with the Macho Man Randy Savage. But very cool stuff there. It almost feels like Bizarro World, if you will, as we head back to the ring for the main event here in Houston. It's Intercontinental Champion Ricky the Dragon Steamboat pinning Macho Man Randy Savage with the lovely Elizabeth in his corner. Match goes about 11 minutes. Savage accidentally clunking himself with the ring bell, getting knocked to the outside, picking up the ring bell, sliding back in the ring, chasing Steamboat into the corner. Savage takes the big swing. He would have been disqualified anyway, but the steamer moves out of the way. Savage bouncing the ring bell off the turnbuckle and it pops back up, cracking Savage on the head. Steamboat then scoring the win to retain the title. In this match, you can find this match, guys, on Randy Savage, unreleased, the unseen matches of the Macho Man. So it is out there for those interested. As we move on, more action. The WWF in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, at the Mecca on May the 15th as well. Women's Tag Team Champions Leilani Kai, Judy Martin over Velvet McIntyre and Candice Perdue, Tom McGee over Terry Gibbs, Rangans scoring a win over Jimmy Jack Funk. The Islanders defeating the team of Morocco and Orton. It's Brutus the Barber Beefcake continuing his winning ways over luscious Johnny V. Jeez, Johnny V's got to have almost no hair left by this point. The Birdman, Coco Beware, defeating Dangerous Danny Davis. And in the main event of this C-Town show, it's Hercules picking up yet another win over Billy Jack Haynes in a chain match by wrapping Haynes' legs in the chain and using the ropes for leverage. So all sorts of cheating there, but... It was a chain match. It was legal. Well, maybe not the ropes, but Hercules scoring the win there, pinning Billy Jack Haynes as we head up north, the Great White North, Canada, as in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, at the Saddle Dome on May the 16th, Jerry Allen over Steve Lombardi, Dick Slater defeating Tiger Chung Lee, the King, Harley Race pinning Corporal Kirchner, it's the Can-Am Connection, defeating the team of Kamala and Sika, Ken Patera subbing again for Jake the Snake Roberts, pinning the Honky Tonk Man. And in the main event, you knew it was coming. It's the Hart Foundation, Tag Team Champion Hart Foundation, Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart, back up in Calgary, taking on the team, the challengers of the British Bulldogs. Also got their start over here in North America in the Stampede promotion, Davey Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid, only fitting and really only booking-wise to book these two teams as your main event here as the WWF coming through the Stampede territory. And it was the Tag Team Champion Hart Foundation defeating the British Bulldogs in a steel cage match. When both Jim Neidhart and Dynamite Kid had escaped the cage, gosh, I hope Dynamite went out through the door. Jimmy Hart, though, slammed the cage door on the head of Davey Boy Smith, allowing Bret Hart to escape, and the Hart Foundation steal yet another win and retain those tag team titles. Fun night in Calgary. More action up in Canada, the WWF Toronto, Ontario, at the Maple Leaf Gardens on May the 17th, airing live with Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan on commentary. The scheduled Nick Kaniski versus Iron Mike Sharp match didn't take place. And I'm sure everybody out there is going, aww. But if you look at the names, Nick Kaniski, his father, Big Thunder, Gene Kaniski, former NWA world champion from Canada, taking on Canada's greatest athlete, Iron Mike Sharp. So two Canadians scheduled for this show, and the match doesn't happen. 
but the matches that do happen, Sam Houston pinning Johnny K-9 with yet another rough-looking bulldog. These guys need to learn how to take a bulldog. Cowboy Bob Orton defeating Cowboy Frankie Lane. Battle of the Bulldogs there. Bob Orton picking up the win with a big power slam. Outback Jack, and this is it, guys. Happened somewhere around this time frame. Outback Jack, now with completely ridiculous hair, missing the top of his hair. Remember, Dynamite Kid played that practical joke, if that's what you want to call it. Putting super glue around the hat of Outback Jack, causing him to basically rip the hair out of his scalp. Unbelievable nonsense. But Outback Jack does pick up a win here over Frenchie Martin with that bulldog boomerang clothesline, whatever the hell that is. Outback Jack scoring a win over Frenchie Martin here in short fashion, just over four minutes. The Magnificent Morocco pinning leaping Lanny Poffo with the Tombstone pile driver. Nikolai Volkov over Corporal Kirchner after the backbreaker. Also on the card, Demolition defeating the team of the Killer Bees. Kim Patera over the Honky Tonk Man on a submission with a bear hug. Bobby Heenan came to ringside prior to the match, so he had invested interest in this match for the Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart but it was Ken Patera scoring the win with the big bear hug. Now, Bobby Heenan had to leave commentary during this match. He couldn't be near Ken Patera. So in his place for this match in particular, it was Billy Redlines on commentary with Gorilla Monsoon. Also on the card, it was WWF champion Hulk Hogan defeating the King Harley Race, Bobby Heenan in his corner. Once again, Harley Race missing that diving headbutt. You think he'd learn by now. Hulk Hogan with the schoolboy. Boy, they did this match in every big town. Post-match saw Harley Race attack Hulk Hogan as he was posing and bloodying him up, which once again led to Hulk Hogan returning to ringside later in the show, challenging Harley Race to a rematch, a Texas Deathmatch rematch for the following month's card. And once again, the Hulkster promising that if he can't beat Harley Race, he will quit professional wrestling. So a lot of towns getting in that two-match series between Hulk Hogan and Harley Race in some way, shape, or form. We move on. More Canadian action. Vancouver, British Columbia at the PE Coliseum on May the 17th. It's midget action with the Karate Kid and Pepe Gomez defeating the team of Lord Littlebrook and Little Tokyo. Dick Slater over Steve Lombardi. Special Delivery Jones defeating Tiger Chung Lee. Kim Chi subbing for Killer Khan. So Steve Lombardi doing double duty here, I'd have to imagine. First jobbing to Dick Slater, but then Kim Chi scoring a win over Jerry Allen. Would be interested to see that one. Also, the Can-Am connection over the team of Kamala and Sika. Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation defeating the British Bulldogs in yet another steel cage match. And the Macho Man Randy Savage scoring a pinfall win over Tito Santana. That's an interesting one. The WWF now returning to the States down to Tacoma, Washington at the Tacoma Dome on May the 18th. It's noted that the scheduled Dick Slater-Tiger Chung Lee match was canceled, and it's all for the better because Slater's almost out the door here in just a couple more days' time. Also on the card, once again, more midget action. Karate Kid and Pepe Gomez once again defeating Lord Littlebrook, Little Tokyo. Macho Man pinning Tito Santana again after blasting him with a foreign object. Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation successful again against the British Bulldogs in a main event steel cage match. And the WWF off to Davenport, Iowa at the Palmer Auditorium, May the 18th. Jimmy Jack Funk and Tom McGee battle to a draw. Are you kidding me? Outback Jack defeating Frenchie Martin. Women's Tag Team Champions Leilani Kai, Judy Martin over Candice Perdue and Velvet McIntyre. Iron Mike Sharp once again defeating C.B. Afi. You can tell there's not many plans here for C.B. Afi. Nikolai Volkov pinning Corporal Kirchner, who was subbing for Blackjack Mulligan. So we didn't get those awesome Nikolai Volkov Blackjack Mulligan matches people were anticipating. We never got those Blackjack Outlaw Ron Bass matches either. Darn the luck. And in the main event here in Davenport, it's Hercules over Billy Jack Haynes in a chain match. As we head off to the world's most famous arena, 
Madison Square Garden in New York City, May the 18th, in front of 16,800 fans televised on the Madison Square Garden Network, including Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan, and Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary. Now, before the action gets going, there was a scheduled Rougeau Brothers versus New Dream Team match that does not take place here for some odd reason. But you know what the main event is? I'll give you two guesses. I bet you get it in one. It is the World Wrestling Federation champion Hulk Hogan defending that championship once again against the King Harley race. And right now we're going to go here from the Hulkster. All right, stay tuned. We're going to get you back to more exciting World Wrestling Federation action. Madison Square Garden, get ready. Monday night, May the 18th, the World Wrestling Federation once again returns to Gotham. What a phenomenal card. Harley Race in Madison Square Garden to challenge the heavyweight champion of the world, and he still is, Hulk Hogan, for the title. You know, you spend your money wisely, Weasel. That's how you build your empire, man. I've seen how you groom them from the start to the finish. I like finish them off for you, though, you know. But the king, man, all the time you were throwing Bundy in my face, all the time you were throwing Horned off the giant Hercules. I watched how you babied the king, man. I watched how you set him up. Victim after victim, opponent after opponent. I knew that you had your whole role. Bet on him, man, if everything else failed. But we still have nothing better than taking things from you that you want, man. After I squashed Hercules, I get off on it. After I left Andre the Giant laying in the ring in front of the whole world, that turned me on. And I gladly accepted this number one contender, the king. I want to find out what he's made of. Harley Race! The king, do you have the power to hang with Hulkamania? I seriously doubt it. You're my next victim. These guys could do this match in their sleep at this point. Hulk Hogan going to take on Harley Race later here in the show. I won't spoil the finish for you yet, but I'm sure you guys can figure it out by now. But first, we're going to look at some of the undercard matches. It's Sam Houston over Terry Gibbs with a bulldog, and someone finally takes the move right. Houston scoring the win there in about eight minutes' time. Powers and Roma. Defeating the team, listen to this, Powers and Roma scoring their first big win over the team of Cowboy Bob Orton and Don Morocco in about 10 and a half minutes. You see, Roma had Orton in an inside cradle. Orton was able to turn it over and roll on top. Morocco, not realizing that Orton turned it over, wasn't really looking, rolled the move over again, accidentally rolling Roma back on top. I know it's ridiculous, but Roma back on top thanks to Don Morocco. Morocco costing his own team the win there. Roma pinning Cowboy Bob. Unbelievable. Now, after the bout, Orton and Morocco getting their heat back, attacking the team of the future Young Stallions. Now, we don't see any dissension here between Morocco and Orton just yet, but I believe they're starting to plant the seeds. Also on the card, former referee Danny Davis scheduled to take on Coco Beware. Yet again here, we're going to see who wins this one. Remember, it's been back and forth throughout the month of May, but first we're going to hear from the Birdman. All right, get ready in Madison Square Garden this Monday night. Just absolutely a dynamite World Wrestling Federation card. You're also going to be seeing the Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair, and Jumpin' Jim Brunzel as they compete in tag team competition against Demolition Axe and Smash. A whole lot more happening on that big card Monday night here in Madison Square Garden. Come on in. Coco, beware, along with Frankie, your mascot, in the garden. On Monday night, you've got none other than Dangerous Daddy Davis. 
I will tell you one thing, brother. The bird man is all fired up, brother. I'm telling you, my will get ready, Mr. Danny David, because I'm coming in town smoking, and I won't be joking. So I'm going to shoot you with my left, and I'm going to shoot you with my right, brother. And that's all going to be over for you. Miles will come to life because the party might be over for Danny David. You Isn't know, that right, Frankie? Hey, Coco, I've got to ask you, uh, is Coco, go or is it Fra Frankie, I beg your pardon, Sorry. is Frankie going to be keeping an eye on Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South? You better believe it, brother, because I'm tell you what, Frankie can do best, brother, and as Frankie, can, what can you do best? Huh? Huh? See, Frankie don't want to say what he can do best on TV, but Jimmy Hart knows what Frankie can do best. All right, the guys, oh, Monday yeah, night, brother. we're all going to be there. All right, and this is living proof that getting the promo doesn't mean you're necessarily winning the match here because it is dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart in his corner, scoring a win over Coco Beware. Match goes well over 13 minutes. Davis again stealing the win after Jimmy Hart throwing a foreign object into the ring. Davis blasting Coco, knocking him out cold, stealing the victory there. Also on the card, leaping Lanny Poffo with a win over Dave Barbie with a moonsault. As we come to the big WWF Championship match, all right, stay tuned. We're going to get you back up into the ring here in just a moment or two for more exciting World Wrestling Federation action. Back, Midtown, Madison Square Garden, Monday night, May the 18th, from top to bottom, an absolutely phenomenal World Wrestling Federation card. And the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, to defend against Harley Race, Monday, May 18th, in Madison Square Garden. You know, you make me sick. The king, the weasel, the whole family makes me sick, man. The way you prance around that ring with that crown on your head, which you don't deserve. The way you hold your arms high in your head. I mean, when you spread the road, man. You act like you're too good for everybody. And that really makes me sick. I'm not going to take it lightly, though. I'm not over the edge, man. I'm still on a roll from WrestleMania after I defeated Andre the Giants. But I've been studying you, King. I watch how you use that criminal forehead. How you browbeat everybody down with those headbutts. I've seen you even miss and hit the steel pole. Didn't even phase you. All I could say, man, you're the ultimate wrestling machine that I admit. You're the ultimate challenge. I thought Andre the Giant was, but no way. You got the head, you got the moves, brother. But you don't have the people on your side. Me and my Hulkamaniacs welcome you. All right, Gene Hogan, I'm reminding you this coming Monday night, Midtown Manhattan, Madison Square Garden, the World Wrestling Federation back at its biggest and best, and what a card. The Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair and Jumpin' Jim Brunzel to meet Demolition, a host of other superstars, all in the garden on Monday night, including you, heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, being challenged by the king of wrestling, Harley Race. Did I see you on 8th Avenue on your soft tail or not? You better believe it, me, Gene. It was about 6.05 in the morning, and I was banging, brother. I was hanging and banging down the mid-city. But King Harley Race, you should have let it alone, brother. When all the number one contenders hoisted you on their shoulders, when you were anointed the king, when you were reigning supreme, you should have let it be, man. It's all too heavy now. What you gonna do, man, when it all comes crashing down in Madison Square Garden? Don't look back. The Heenan family on. Paul, Mr. Wonderful, Andre the Giant Bundy, thumbs down. And if you do turn around, I'll be right back in your face, man. You peaked, man. You were the king. And what you gonna do when it all comes down, man? When Hulkamania still on the roll of messing up that bad, nasty giant, what are you gonna do? 
You know, the one thing I must say, though, Hulk Hogan, in all due respect, Bobby Heenan gets these people to believe them in themselves. He's actually got Hardy Race thinking he can be the heavyweight champion of the world. Well, 93,000 plus millions around the world made me believe, man. And when you get the largest arms in the world, brother, guided by the strongest force, Hulkamania, Harley the King, you're going down. I just hope that crown fits on my head. Get ready. Monday night at a garden, Hulk Hogan to defend his title against the King Hardy Race. Don't miss it. It's World Wrestling Federation champion Hulk Hogan pinning the King Harley Race. Bobby Heenan in his corner after Harley Race. Say it with me, guys. Misses a diving headbutt and Hulk Hogan with the schoolboy to get the win there in just eight minutes. And after the bout, you guessed it, Harley Race attacking and bloodying up the WWF champion Hulk Hogan later in the night. You guessed it. Once again, Hulk Hogan coming back to ringside, issuing a challenge, a rematch to Harley Race with the stipulation being that the title is on the line in a no-holds-barred match. And if Hogan can't beat the King, he will retire from professional wrestling. Hogan's going to have to win a whole lot of matches here next month in order to keep the title and keep his career. Something tells me he's not really worried. Now, also on the card, a women's championship match. WWF women's champion, the fabulous Moolah, scheduled to take on, well, not one of her own. No, instead, it's going to be Debbie Combs. She was not under the Moolah camp. So it's really interesting that we get this match here in the WWF. And I love Debbie Combs, reportedly a former girlfriend of the Macho Man prior to Miss Elizabeth. So there's a little fun fact. Debbie Combs, a second-generation star, her mother, Cora Combs, who dominated the Tennessee territory for many, many years. But we're talking about Debbie right now. She's in the ring with the fabulous Moolah. Well, not quite yet. We're going to head backstage. Gorilla Monsoon, Lord Alfred Hayes, standing by with the WWF Ladies Champion, the fabulous Moolah. Gorilla Monsoon here in the locker room area of Madison Square Garden with a unique pleasure and distinction to have at my right-hand side the Ladies Champion of the World, the fabulous Moolah, Mula, it certainly has been a very illustrious and a very happy career for you. Yes, it has. Thank you, Mr. Monsoon. And I've enjoyed every minute of it. I love wrestling. I love the money. I love the moolah. I love everything. And after all, I love to see new opponents come because I like to put them down just as fast as I do the old ones. I understand that this uh, Debbie Combs uh, has a lot on the ball, so to speak. Well, I certainly hope she does because I've got a lot on the ball for her. Well, I'm sure you do. Your Lordship? Moolah. I'm sure there's a number of questions you're just dying to ask, the fabulous one. One, I would like to know who Moolah's latest love is. I know that she flits around here and there. But apart from that, Debbie Coombs is obviously the most important adversary you've met for a long time. Madison Square Gardens is one of the places where you've met with tremendous success. You really think you can still keep this up? Look, I always worry when I go in the ring, but when I get in there and get my adrenaline up, I don't worry anymore. I got it made. You're not worried about history repeating itself. You've won the title here in the garden. You've lost the title here in the garden. Is this the time around where maybe you'll lose the title? I don't think so. I've been working out hard, and I'm ready to go. Well, uh, I, I think that, uh, Lord Alfred, over the years, you've seen a number of title defenses by the fabulous one. And give us a prediction. Um, I'm going to make an awful prediction while Muller is here. I think that Muller this time... I'm awfully sorry. I think you may have bitten off a little more than you can really chew. Wow. Words of wisdom from his lordship. Plenty of action coming up in just a moment. Well, we don't get those female promos all too often, so I wanted to get that in. And Moolah, very well spoken. The women, they don't get a lot of interview time, so it was really cool to hear Moolah here at the Garden. But we go to the ring, set for action, ladies' title on the line, and it's Debbie Combs defeating 
Women's champion, the fabulous Mula, on a countout in about eight minutes after sending Mula into the steel ring post with an atomic drop on the floor. Now, after the bout, the challenger, Debbie Combs, continued to attack Mula in the ring and at one point taking the title belt from Mula and showing it off to the fans. And here's what the Melts had to say about this one. He said, in a match with heavy political overtones, Debbie Combs, who as of a few weeks ago was billed as the NWA Women's Champion in Kansas City, defeated the fabulous Mula on a countout. Combs and Mula have been political rivals for years. The Melts goes on to say that Mula looked terrible and destroyed this matchup, though Combs was working hard and looked good in her spots. So again, I reiterate, it was very interesting to see Debbie Combs coming in here to work Mula on the Garden Show, no less. Also on the card, Demolition, defeating the Killer Bees. When Brunzel had Smash pinned with the O'Connor roll, but Axe coming from behind, blasting Brunzel with a hard forearm shot and stealing the win there for Demolition. Also on the show, Outlaw Ron Bass pinning Jose Luis Rivera. Remember, no shadows tonight. It was the Young Stallions over Orton and Morocco. The shadow's not on the card, so Jose just takes the mask off and works babyface here. But Outlaw Ron Bass scoring the win over Jose with that pedigree move of his. But the best part of this match with the Outlaw happens prior to the bout. You see, when Bass comes to ringside, he stops and has a verbal confrontation with Gorilla Monsoon. Bass picking a fight, of all things, out of nowhere with Gorilla Monsoon challenging Monsoon to fight him in the ring. Monsoon having none of it, and it seemed a little ad-lib, knocking the hat off of the outlaw here. Really fun stuff. Very random, but very cool between outlaw Ron Bass and Gorilla Monsoon. But the garden show rolls on. It was Jake the Snake Roberts again slated to take on the honky-tonk man. But the snake, he can't go. And in his place here tonight, it's going to be the Olympic strongman, Ken Patera. Right now, I've got a few promos lined up. We're going to hear from the snake himself. We'll hear from the other side in the Honky Tonk Man, and then we'll hear a live promo from Ken Patera. All right, fans, here in New York City, get ready. We're going to be back midtown at Madison Square Garden, Monday night, May the 18th. Well, come on in, Jimmy, mouth of the South Park. Your man, of course, is the Honky Tonk Man. He's slated to go against Jake the Snake Roberts. And after everything that happened in WrestleMania 3... I don't know if he's in for a real exciting evening. You know, Jake the Snake, you made two mistakes, baby. Number one was trying to put the... the, 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 the I'm, I'm so excited, I can't even talk. Try to hit this man here. And number two is throwing the snake on Jimmy Hart Punk. I promise you that. I think you should be wearing loose oh, clothing. mercy, I feel good. Madison Square Garden is my kind of place. I got a special song just for the people in Madison Square Garden. May the 18th, the honky-tonk man is going to do it. One more time for you, Jake the Snake. You will not learn. He cannot learn, I don't think. He's the only man I've ever seen that try to play a guitar with his head. <laughs> He's the only man I've ever seen that turned his back on a honky-tonk man, something you cannot do. And he's the only man I've ever seen try to make fun of me and still walk the streets. I'll tell you what, uh, honky-tonk, and all due respect, if uh, Jake the Snake catches you with that guitar, I don't... No way. <laughs> I, I don't want to say it. Oh, oh New God. York City, Madison Square Garden, get ready for the honky-tonk, man. I know what you want to see, and I'm going to give it to you fast. I'm going to give it to you nice and easy. Woo! Say hi to Betty Lou for me. Thank, Thank you. you, Sue. The Garden, here on the 18th. Don't miss it. All right, fans, we're going to be back midtown at Madison Square Garden. Monday night, May the 18th, phenomenal card. Hulk Hogan to meet Harley Race for the heavyweight title. Jake the Snake, come on in if you would. Jake Roberts here in New York City on May the 18th in a rematch of sorts from WrestleMania 3. 
you're going to be meeting the honky-tonk man, and I like that leather. You know how I feel about oh, leather. I do know how you feel about leather. I've seen those riding crops you carry around for them riding that you do at night, you know. I heard you're a night rider. Is that right? Uh, well, anyway, the honky-tonk... I'll tell you something, honky-tonk. Some people never get enough of some things, right? That's correct. I mean, there's some things in life you hunger for, man. Whether it be food or a woman or a place in time. The place in time for me is May 18th. Where? Madison Square Garden. Downtown, man. We're talking the city where they do anything for fun. <laughs> Just for fun. Well, honky-tonk, man, I ain't having no fun. I don't feel good. I might be smiling. But sometimes I just use that to cover up what I really feel inside. You know, the one thing, Jake Roberts, that I admire about you, you take your time. Certainly, patience is a virtue, and you have patience. Beware the fury of a patient man, Gene, because, you know, although I do sit back and smile sometimes, I'm not smiling inside. All I'm doing is waiting, waiting for that right opportunity to do what I do best, and that's hooking somebody's head and driving them to the mat. And you know I do that with one arm. Can you imagine what I can do with two hands if I ever get a hold of you, honky-tonk? You're fast, but you can't run forever. And when I catch you, my man, <laughs> I'm going to have my way with you. All right, I thank you very much. He is Jake the Snake Roberts, slated to meet the honky-tonk man as part of the action at Madison Square Garden here in the Big Apple on Monday night, May the 18th. Gorilla Monsoon here in the locker room area with these two beauties. <laughs> these two... What is that? Do you have any talent at all? <laughs> you ask Jake the Snake Roberts if the honky-tonk man has got any talent. I don't appreciate you saying stuff like that either, Gorilla. I thought you How were on my side. How many do you have? I, I you... understand that you've been breaking this, man. You can, uh, you're a real stand-up guy, you are. <laughs> I got a boxcar load of them in Memphis. Anytime I need one, I just call down there and Peggy Sue sends it to the honky-tonk man. And this one is especially for Jake the Snake Roberts tonight. This is the last time he's going to get to hear it because when it's all over, when the honky-tonk man puts a shake, rattle, and roll on old Jake the Snake tonight, uh-uh-uh. Damien? I hope you did a lot of homework. Hey, let me tell you something, baby. We're ready. You know, when he beats Jake the Snake, I might just take my jacket off, roll my sleeves up, and get in the ring with him myself. <laughs> You're going to get to hear. I got the snake skin blues tonight. It, I got my hair's licked back. I'm coming to that town in a pink Cadillac. Get, please, just, just leave, will you? Come on, Hokey. Get, get out. You don't have any taste at all, Gorilla. What a complete lack of any kind of musical talent possessed by those two beauties. Alfred... Lord Alfred Hayes, would you come in? I've got... Are they gone now? They have. <laughs> yeah. Boy, do I have a surprise for them. <laughs> really? Jake the Snake Roberts has a uh, torn subscapularis. Will not be here tonight. He's being replaced <laughs> oh, by Olympian Ken Patera. <laughs> Won't that be a rude awakening for the Colonel, the mouth of the South, and for that poor substitution for a musician, the honky-tonk man? We'll be back with more action in just a moment. Gorilla Monsoon, along with Lord Alfred Hayes in the confines of Madison Square Garden, about to bring in a st no stranger to the squared circle, one of the greatest athletes ever to come out of these United States, Kenny Patera. Ken, welcome come once on again man. to the Garden. Well, thanks a lot, Monsoon. It's a pleasure to be back here. Unfortunately for uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, suffering a shoulder and neck injury, it opens the door for me against the honky-tonk man. And honky-tonk man, I'm going to make a prediction right now. I'm going to go out there, I'm going to beat you right in the middle of the ring. And if that little geek manager of yours, Jimmy Hart, interferes, I'm going to take that blowhorn and stick it where the sun doesn't shine. And if the weasel shows up, hopefully, maybe I'll get another uh, chance to put a little ring around this his This is collar. not going to put any kind of a dent in the vendetta you have for the weasel breath, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and uh, all the members of his family. 
Well, you never know. There's always a vendetta. Uh, it's quite obvious that uh, Heenan has a conspiracy going, trying to put everybody in a, as, in a, as a roadblock in my way, preventing me to get to him. But eventually, Weasel, I will get to you. Patera back 100%. All right, so Jake sounded ready for this match, the honky-tonk man born ready. If you listen to him and Kim Patera looking forward to this opportunity here, let's see what happens as we head to the ring. Kim Patera defeats the honky-tonk man with Jimmy Hart in his corner. Patera scoring the win here on a disqualification in about 10 minutes. He had the honky-tonk man locked in his finisher, the bear hug. It looked as if Honky was going to submit, but Jimmy Hart coming in from behind with that megaphone, blasting Patera in between the shoulder blades. Now, Kenny... Picks up the win right there by disqualification. Blatant interference from Jimmy Hart. But Patera no-sells the megaphone, turns around with wild eyes. Great screen cap I got of Kim Patera with these crazy eyes as he comes after Jimmy Hart there. Post-match locking both Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart in a bear hug at the same time. Really cool spot there. Kim Patera was really over in this New York City garden crowd. Back home here in New York, Kim Patera. Had many of big matches going all the way back to 1977 against the likes of Bruno San Martino later on with Bob Backlund. Patera also a former IC champion here. So this building, they know Kim Patera very well, welcoming him back with a big pop. He's really over here. Unfortunately, not very good in the ring. Doesn't translate over to his wrestling. So in Patera's first match back in MSG in over two years, he'll pick up the win on a DQ and not by submission, as Gorilla Monsoon would state on commentary. And to close out the Garden Show, Gorilla Monsoon in the backstage area yet again. He's going to get post-match comments from Jimmy Hart and the Honky Talk Man. Monsoon here in the locker room area with these two losers. Both you guys gave up in there. I couldn't believe it. We did not. We did not. That did was you not, not submit? That was not supposed to be the match, and you know it. He wasn't supposed to be a substitution. I was supposed to have my hand raised because Jake the Snake, that's just another ploy. But you, listen, Hawk, you right. had plenty of chances right. in there. You had your chances at Kenny Patera. You couldn't put him away. Yes, I could have put him away. I could have put him away a dozen times, but I had mercy on him. Not I had mercy on Kenny Patera. Rattle and roll. You didn't make one attempt to lay it on him. He hurt my ribs, and you're making fun of it. He hurt Kenny Jimmy Hart. hurt your ribs, too, he Jimmy. Jerked me. I've got a people jerking me around. He jerked me up outside the ring. My whole business, he jerked me in the ring. Look at my back. He's my back is killing me. You, you did not connect with your megaphone, oh, did you? you? I don't even want to talk to you. You make me sick. Run my ribs and crack. I'm no pain. You know really he should have been disqualified. And I want to tell everybody they hadn't seen the last of the honky tonk man from Madison Square Garden. And you know that, Gorilla. You know I'll be back, and I'll be back 100%. You, you had an undefeated record going. I sure did. I, I still have an undefeated because not by substitution. That's big fat Jack Tony. He said something to do with this, and you know he did. Highly unlikely. Are you guys looking for a return match? You better believe he threw us a curveball, but we hit curveballs, and I promise you this. You hadn't heard the last of the mouth of the and you hadn't heard the last of the honky-tonk man, and I'm going to go see a doctor. I might even see a lawyer. My ribs are killing me right now. Jack Tony did this. He, no he, he, sent, he sent Ken Vittari in here for one reason, to take Jake the snake's place because the snake was afraid. You weren't singing out there when the Yes, I was singing. You heard me singing. I was singing. I was. Get out of here. I don't want to talk to you because you want to make fun of the honky-tonk man. Obviously, extremely upset. At the loss here in Madison Square Garden, the honky-tonk man and Jimmy Hart in real bad trouble. Both of them with back problems. Kenny Patera proving once and for all that he is back to the World Wrestling Federation. He is in excellent physical condition and, in my opinion, still the world's strongest human being. Ken Patera, just unbelievable what he did out here tonight in Madison Square Garden. Honky-tonk man certainly did not expect to face Ken Patera. Have to give credit where credit is due. Sometimes you have a game plan. Obviously, they spent a lot of time working on a match against Jake the Snake Roberts that did not go down because of the injury.
sustained at the hands, indeed, of the honky-tonk man. Jake the Snake Roberts, badly torn subscapularis muscle, no telling how long he's going to be out, filling in Ken Patera, and what a number he did indeed. Plenty more still to come here from Madison Square Garden. Gorilla Monsoon, along with Lord Alfred Hayes. We'll see you next time around. So long, everybody. Okay, and both guys selling their ribs, their heart, and honky-tonk man really hurting from that double-squeezed bear hug of the strongman Ken Patera. And that'll conclude this edition of the WWF at MSG. As we go on, the WWF invades Eugene, Oregon, the Lane County Convention Center, May the 19th. Wow, this might be the smallest crowd to date. 300 fans in Eugene. I should also know this is the first show held in the old Don Owen territory in the city of Eugene. I don't really have much on this card other than the tag team champion Hart Foundation defeat the British Bulldogs in a steel cage match. 300 fans? Was somebody not promoting the city? Also, while in the Pacific Northwest Territory, you got to go down to Portland, the WWF invading the city of Portland at the Memorial Coliseum May the 20th. Midget action with Karate Kid and Pepe Gomez over Little Brook and Little Tokyo. Tiger Chung Lee pinning Rebel Dick Slater here, and I do believe this is Dick Slater's final night in the company. Also, the Can-Am Connection defeating the team of Kamala and Sika. Macho Man Randy Savage over Tito Santana. And in the main event, Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation defeating the British Bulldogs yet again inside the steel cage. And while we're invading territories, hey, we did it in Portland. Let's head over to Memphis, Tennessee. And not just invading the city, but the actual Coliseum. Yes, the WWF in Jerry Lawler's hometown, Memphis, Tennessee. At his home arena, the Mid-South Coliseum, May the 21st. And I do believe this crowd, 700 fans. That'll show you Vince McMahon trying to come into the town of Memphis, Tennessee. On the card, it was George Steele over Kim Chi. Coco Beware, former Memphian wrestler, taking on Danny Davis. Hillbilly Jim, another former Memphis wrestler, as Harley Davidson. He's subbing here for Jake Roberts, taking on the Honky Talk Man, cousin of Jerry the King Lawler, also a former wrestler here in Memphis. So they're bringing the Memphis boys back. Coco Beware, the Honky Talk Man, even Hillbilly Jim, but it didn't really draw here. 700 fans on May the 21st. Meanwhile, the Mid-South Coliseum, just a few days prior, Monday, May the 18th, drew five times that did the old CWA Memphis Wrestling promotion. Yes, three days prior to this WWF event that drew 700 fans in the Coliseum, Jerry Lawler and company drew 3,500 fans with a main event of Tommy Rich and Austin Idol over the team of Rocky Johnson and superstar Bill Dundee in a Texas death match. And you might be saying, well, the Memphis territory, the promotion took the fans because they only had a show three days prior, so nobody was going to show up to another show. And for those saying that, you may fail to realize that Memphis ran the Mid-South Coliseum every Monday night. Yes, they drew thousands of fans every Monday night, so having the WWF slide in there, I don't think that had a lot of effect on the fact that they only drew 700. In fact, just a few days after this, again, Monday night, May the 25th, the CWA, the Memphis Territory, they draw more than eight times the fans that Vince McMahon drew back on the 21st, just on the 25th of May in the Mid-South Coliseum. The CWA draws 5,800 fans. Vince McMahon couldn't even draw 800 fans here. It's just how loyal the local fans were. And it was similar in the Dallas Territory and even in the old Mid-South Territory. It took Vince a long time to crack those territories. In fact, the WWF pulled out of attempting to try to invade Crockett country after Crockett had already sold to Turner. 
I think I believe the WF tries a, a show in late 1991, and they don't return to the Carolina area until around the Attitude Era when they knew they could draw anywhere. So don't let it be told that Vince just came in and pillaged everyone and took over everywhere. There were a lot of longstanding fans that loved their wrestling the way it used to be for a very long time. And it's proven here in Memphis, 5,800 fans on May the 25th to see Moondog's spot take on Jeff Jarrett, superstar Bill Dundee against Austin Idol, and in the main event, Jerry the King Lawler taking on wildfire Tommy Rich. And it doesn't hurt that Idol and Rich were super hot heels here in 1987. But Vince McMahon proven to be no match for the local boys. We move on with more action. Denver, Colorado at the McNichols Arena on May the 22nd in front of 2,500 fans. It's Randy Morse. We'll get back to that name in just a minute. Randy Morse scoring a win over Steve Lombardi here on a disqualification. Now, Morse, he's a native of Denver, Colorado. He also worked in the past as Sky High Morse and Blackjack Morse in some of the smaller territories. He essentially retired a few years before this, but it's likely they used him here to fill a spot. Maybe he was helping promote the show, but Morse uh, eventually passes away in 2010. But it's fun to just see him pop up on this show in Denver, his hometown. Randy Morse scoring a win over Lombardi on a DQ. Also on the card, Can-Am Connection over Kamala and Sika. Randy Savage pitting Tito Santana. And the Bulldogs lose yet again to Tag Team Champion Hart Foundation inside the steel cage. But this time it's reported that Neidhart and Davey Boy Smith escaped the cage. And it was Neidhart slamming the cage door on the head of the Dynamite Kid. Boy, that sounds safe, all things considered. Thus, once again, allowing Bret Hart to escape, the Hart Foundation retain the titles. We move on to Providence, Rhode Island at the Civic Center, May the 22nd. 7,200 fans, a nice draw there. Lanny Poffo over Pete Doherty. Sam Houston defeating Frenchie Martin. Hercules over Billy Jack Haynes. This match was actually announced as a chain match, but winds up just being a normal singles match here. I would have been bummed going to the show thinking I was going to get a big chain match, a gimmick match, and then it's just, Hercules pinning Billy Jack Haynes. Also on the card, Iron Mike Sharp over Tony Gurria. The New Dream Team defeating the Rougeau brothers. Ladies Tag Team Champions Leilani Kai, Judy Martin over Velvet McIntyre and Candice Perdue. Outlaw Ron Bass pinning Outback Jack and WWF Champion Hulk Hogan teaming with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Unique pairing defeating the team of the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. Now that's Americana for you, pal. Hogan and Duggan over Sheik and Volkov there in Providence. They always gave those guys something different. I don't know what it was. Hartford, Connecticut draws a big one here at the Civic Center on May the 25th in front of 11,000 fans. Sees ladies champs Leilani Kai, Judy Martin again over Velvet McIntyre, Candice Perdue. Hercules defeating Billy Jack Haynes in a chain match. Must have remembered the chain this time around. The Rougeos defeating the new Dream Team. Hacksaw Jim Duggan pinning the Iron Sheik. And WWF Champion Hulk Hogan defeating the Macho Man Randy Savage. Well, that was a random one. Might explain the draw there in Hartford. Up next, they make a stop Salt Lake City, Utah at the Salt Palace on May the 23rd in front of 7,979 fans. Nearly 8,000 fans come to see Jerry Allen over Steve Lombardi. Killer Khan pinning Special Delivery Jones. What is this, 1982? Karate Kid and Pepe Gomez over Lord Littlebrook and Little Tokyo. The Can-Am Connection continue to defeat Kamala and Sika on the house shows. Tito Santana battling Butch Reed to a 20-minute draw. Tiger Chung Lee defeating Steve Gatorwolf, presumably subbing for Dick Slater there. And in the main event, once again, tag champs, Hart Foundation over the Bulldogs in a steel cage. Brooklyn, New York at the Canarsie High School Gym on May the 24th in front of 800 fans. Sees Corporal Kirshner over Iron Mike Sharp. Tom McGee defeating Terry Gibbs. Roma and Powers downing the shadows. Tito Santana 
pinning the natural Butch Reed here. And in the main event, Ken Patera teaming with Hacksaw Jim Duggan over the team of Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. Why? Because Hulk Hogan doesn't do high school gyms, brother. So this time it's Patera and Duggan over the Sheik and Volkov. And the WWF traveling back up north to Verdun, Quebec at the Verdun Auditorium, May the 25th, in front of 7,900 fans. Jerry Allen over Jimmy Jack Funk in a match that was quoted to be 17 minutes. Frenchie Martin over Sam Houston. The Killer Bees defeating Demolition. Wow. Billy Jack Haynes battling Hercules to a 20-minute draw. Those guys had to leave there with a few knots and bruises, no doubt about that. Hacksaw Jim Duggan pinning Nikolai Volkov. The new Dream Team scoring the win over the Rougeau brothers. Remember, we're up in Quebec here, so this is big-time deal. The new Dream Team scoring the win after illegal interference from Pat Patterson. And that'll come into play. We'll talk a little bit more about that as the shows go on in the grenade. The feud between the Rougeaus and the new Dream Team, specifically up in Quebec. And Pat Patterson, heel Pat Patterson getting involved in that one. Also in the main event here in Verdun, Randy Savage defeating IC champion Ricky Steamboat on a countout. Then back down to the States, Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville Gardens in front of 2,000 fans, drawing a little more there in Louisville. Another weekly stop for the Memphis Territory. The WWF here in the Gardens on May the 25th to see the Islanders over Don Morocco and Bob Orton. Can-Am connection over Kamala and Sika. Brutus Beefcake defeating luscious Johnny V. And then after the match, the referee refusing to allow Brutus to, to cut the hair of luscious Johnny. So Brutai, he cuts the referee's hair instead. Classic Beefcake. And in the main event, Tag Team Champions Heart Foundation over the Bulldogs inside the steel cage. We move ahead a day, May the 26th, a very important date in WWF history because that is the day that Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheik are arrested together in the same car. Yes, feuding foes, America and Iran. The Iron Sheik and Jim Duggan caught together. That's not why they were arrested, but they were caught together driving to the next town here tonight. And why were they arrested? Well, it was on charges of drug possession. It's stated the Iron Sheik was caught with cocaine, Jim Duggan caught with marijuana, also drinking and driving for Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And we're going to talk a whole lot more about that when we get to the June news, all of the fallout from this. But we're going to touch on it again here in just a minute. When we get to the main event of the next show here, that night, Jim Duggan and Iron Sheik making the trip to Asbury Park, New Jersey for the show at the Convention Hall on May the 26th, sees the WWF debut of Bam Bam Bigelow. Interestingly enough, Bigelow coming in, working as a heel here, defeating C.V. Afi on the undercard. Also, Tito Santana took on Butch Reed on this show. And Jim Duggan teamed with George the Animal Steel here to defeat the team of Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik after Hacksaw pins the Sheik here. And this will mark Duggan and Sheik's final appearance for several months, both men being fired after this show following their arrest earlier in the day on those drug charges, the drinking and driving charges. But worse yet for the WWF, they were caught in the same car. And Demels touches on it here. He says, probably the most embarrassing point of all the publicity regarding the Doug and Sheik thing was the fact that they wrestled each other the night of the arrest. The newspaper stories all laughed about these guys traveling together and later in the night bashing each other over the head. Meltzer makes a good point here. He says that probably would have not been a bad night to switch around the card a little, even though the live crowd would have been upset. And either way, the Iron Sheik gone for a good amount of time and Jim Duggan gone for the short term as well. They were fired. Make no mistake about it. And again, we'll touch on that more when we get to the month of June news. 
But for now, the WWF rolls on here in May, May the 26th, Lake Placid, New York. Olympic center Tiger Chung Lee over Tony Gurria, now subbing for Dick Slater. Billy Jack Haynes battling Hercules to a draw. The new Dream Team over the Rougeos. So the Rougeos starting to do a job here. Most nights for the new Dream Team by the end of May. And in the main event, it's IC champion Ricky Steamboat over Randy Savage inside the steel cage here in Lake Placid. But the action rolls on. Allentown, Pennsylvania. Very familiar place. Agricultural Hall. May the 28th sees Tom McGee over Terry Gibbs. Bam Bam Bigelow scoring another win over Siviafi. Roma and Powers defeating the Team of the Shadows. Tito Santana pinning the natural Butch Reed. George the Animal Steel in the main event, subbing for Hacksaw Jim Duggan and teaming with Ken Patera. So it's George Steele and Ken Patera defeating the evil foreign team of Nikolai Volkov and subbing for the Iron Sheik. It's Killer Khan. Okay, makes a little bit of sense anyway. From there, it's the WWF up in Battle Creek, Michigan at the Kellogg Center Arena. May the 28th in front of 2,300 fans. Outback Jack over Steve Lombardi. The Islanders defeating Morocco and Orton. Can-Am Connection continue. Their wins over Kamala and Sika. Brutus Beefcake again defeating Johnny V. And Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation over the Bulldogs inside the steel cage. As we roll on, remember we talked about this at the beginning of the month. The WWF invading Pittsburgh. Well, they're back here at the end of the month of May as well at the Civic Arena in front of just about 8,000 fans, and it's reported that this is the smallest crowd for a Hulk Hogan appearance since the modern era began. Do better, Pittsburgh. The Hulkster's in town. On the card, it's Special Delivery Jones over Dave Barbie, Tiger Chung Lee pinning Sam Houston. Wait, Sam Houston lost to Tiger Chung Lee? Gotta make him humble, pal. Also, leaping Lanny Poffo over Jimmy Jack Funk, the King Harley Race pinning Jerry Allen here. Jerry Allen subbing for Dick Slater. Harley Race scoring an easy win here tonight. Demolition defeating the team of the Killer Bees. George Steele again subbing for Jim Duggan, defeating Nikolai Volkov on a countout. Butch Reed finally scoring a pin over Tito Santana after a little help from the Slickster and WWF champion Hulk Hogan. And remember last time around here in Pittsburgh, it was Hulk Hogan taking on Kamala at the beginning of the month. Honky Tonk Man dressed as Kim Chi, leading to a rematch here of sorts in a tag team situation. It was supposed to be Kamala and the Honky Tonk Man taking on Hulk Hogan and Jake the Snake Roberts, but we know by now Jake is out of action, so instead Hulk Hogan goes and finds the Birdman, Coco Beware. Yes, it's Hulk Hogan and Coco Beware defeating the team of Kamala and the Honky Tonk Man in about 12 minutes. Hogan scoring the win over Kamala after the big leg drop. So I go back and I look at this card. We have four drawn-out preliminary or squash matches to start with. Then we get Nikolai Volkov versus George Steele instead of Jim Duggan. And Hogan teaming with Coco Beware, subbing for Jake Roberts. Yeesh. And you might say, well, well, that, that right there is why they had the lowest drawing card for Hulk Hogan in the history of Hulkamania. Well, you guys got to remember, nobody knew that Jake Roberts or Jim Duggan were going to be MIA walking into this show. Although when I go back and look at the numbers, 7,900 fans, it's not something to scoff at. Then again, bringing the WWF back to Pittsburgh just four weeks later may have played a factor as well. All right, and we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. May the 30th, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, at the Cambria County War Memorial in front of 1,942 fans. Bam Bam Bigelow over Tony Gurria, now subbing for a injured C.V. Offie. It seems that Bammer may have went a little hard on one of those slingshot splashes that he's been pinning Offie with in recent matches. So Offie's out with a uh, bruised ribs, if you will. Bam Bam Bigelow scoring the win over Gurria here with a big splash. 
Also on the card, Shadow number two. That's Jose Luis Rivera pinning Jimmy Powers with a loaded headbutt. Also on the card, Special Delivery Jones subbing for Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Wow, what a sub. SD Jones subbing for Hacksaw Duggan here, but he does score the pin. Got to keep the fans happy. Special Delivery Jones, maybe his final pinfall win in the history of the WWF, at least a prominent one here. SD pinning Nikolai Volkov with a surprise roll up. Also on the card, Demolition over the Killer Bees. Natural Butch Reed battling Tito Santana to a 20-minute draw. Immediately after the match, Santana blasting Reed with the flying forearm, but the time had already expired after the match, Santana clearing the ring of the natural. So we saw Shadow number 2 and Jimmy Powers early on the card. Shadow number 2 stealing the win there. This time around, it's Paul Roma taking on Shadow number 1, Randy Colley, Moondog Rex, the original smash. Call him what you want, but he does the job here to Paul Roma. Yes, this time the Shadow loaded his mask, looked for a diving headbutt, Roma out of the way, and the Shadow subsequently knocking himself out, the loaded headbutt down on the mat, Paul Roma picking up the victory there, and in the main event here in Johnstown, it's Hercules over Billy Jack Haynes in a chain match. Also on May the 30th, St. Paul, Minnesota, the Civic Center in front of 3,000 fans, six-man tag team action, sees the Rougeos team with Brutus the Barber Beefcake scoring a win over the new Dream Team and Luscious Johnny V. Ken Patera defeating Killer Khan, who is subbing for the now-fired Iron Sheik. So Ken Patera over Killer Khan. Khan doing a job there. Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation over the British Bulldogs. And we talked about this earlier on. After this match here in St. Paul, the Midnight Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, come down to ringside and challenge the Heart Foundation to a Tag Team Championship match at the next show here in St. Paul. Now, that'll never come to fruition. We'll touch more on that in the month of June. And in the main event here in St. Paul, it's IC champion Ricky Steamboat over the Macho Man Randy Savage inside a steel cage. And we close out the month of May looking at a trifecta of shows here on May the 31st. First, it's the WWF in California, Pennsylvania. Didn't know there was a California, Pennsylvania. At Hamer Hall on May the 31st, Bam Bam Bigelow again over Tony Gurria, Tama of the Islanders over Cowboy Bob Orton, the Magnificent Morocco pinning Haku, Special Delivery Jones subbing for an injured jumping Jim Brunzel here. It's SD Jones and Brian Blair working as the Killer Bees. Hope they wore the masks. Defeating the team of Demolition. Gotta keep the fans happy, pal. SD Jones and Brian Blair pinning Demolition there. Hillbilly Jim also on the card over Iron Mike Sharp. And the main event, once again, IC champion Ricky Steamboat. Defeating the Macho Man Randy Savage. No cage here. Steamer getting the win on a disqualification. The WWF also back in Detroit. Joe Louis Arena on May the 31st, drawing 10,000 fans. Let's take a look at that card. It's Brad Rangans over Terry Gibbs. Powers and Roma over the Shadows. King Harley Race pinning Coco Beware. The Honky Tonk Man over Corporal Kirchner, who was subbing for Jake Roberts here this week. The Bulldogs finally get a win over Tag Team Champion Hart Foundation, albeit on a disqualification. And in the main event, WWF Champion Hulk Hogan defeating Kamala on a DQ after interference from the King, Harley Race. And we close out the month of May. I promised at the beginning, as we began talking the results, I said we were going to sandwich the month of May with two shows from the Nassau Coliseum, Long Island, New York. May the 1st and May the 31st, we're back here again at the Nassau Coliseum. And here on the card, it's Jimmy Jack Funk over Jerry Allen, Dangerous Danny Davis defeating Leaping Lanny Poffo, The Natural Butch Reed over Tito Santana. Now this match actually had a 30-minute time limit after the 20-minute draw. The two had back here on May 1st, so a little continuity here. Butch Reed scoring the win. Also, Hercules defeating Billy Jack Haynes on this card. 
Six-man tag team action with Brutus the Barber Beefcake teaming with the Rougeau brothers defeating the team of the new Dream Team and Luscious Johnny V in an elimination match. That sounds fun. Also on the card, it was scheduled to see Ken Patera team up with Hacksaw Jim Duggan to take on the team of Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. Now we know Duggan and Sheik are fired by this point, so it's actually going to be Ken Patera teaming with George the Animal Steel defeating the team of Nikolai Volkov and once again Killer Khan subbing for Iron Sheik. But just for shits and giggles, I had a promo going in. It would have been fun if he had made it. Here he is, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. All right, stay tuned. We're going to get you back up to more exciting World Wrestling Federation action. Get ready. Back out on Long Island at the Nassau Coliseum Sunday night, May the 31st phenomenal World Wrestling Federation card. In tag team action, Ken Patera is going to be teaming up with this gentleman, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Back home in the great state of New York, Hacksaw, the two of you to meet the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov on May the 31st at the Nassau Coliseum. Well, you know, I'm really amazed, Mean Gene, because I just came from the gym, and old Ken Patera was there, and if they gave him something to stand on, he'd pick up the whole building. I never seen a man with arms like that, pushing iron like that. So old Ken and myself, we got together, and we said, hey... Let's do something good for the WWF. Let's do something good for the USA. Let's do something good for Nassau County Coliseum. Let's get together, Nassau County Coliseum. Let's get together. Let's form a tag team. Let's show that Iron Sheik. Let's show that Nikolai Volkov what USA Spirit's about. Sure, they think we're all laying around on the couch all the time using a remote control. Couch potato? Couch potato. You know that's not true. No. Especially now with Patera down there picking up about 500 pounds every other minute. Let me tell you something, Sheik. Let me tell you something, Volkov. When you're putting on your boots, listen real good, because all them people in Nassau County Coliseum, they'll be telling you, USA, USA. I like it. We'll see you on the 31st and stay tuned. We're right back. All right. So Duggan was looking forward to the matchup, but he didn't quite make it there. Tough guy. And it's Patera and Steele over Killer Khan and Nikolai Volkov. And that'll wrap things up for the house shows here in the month of May. I want to thank you guys so much for sticking with me and listening as we travel through time and a lot of sound bites. I hope you guys love the sound bites. I always get great feedback. Everybody loves to go back in time and listen to the Macho Man and Jake the Snake and the Hockey Talk Man and the Heart Foundation. Bobby Heenan, and so on and so forth. But we wrap things up here with all of the news here in the month of May. Looked at all of the house show results. Took a brief look at the TV tapings as well. So when we return next time, we're going to continue on by taking a deep dive into the May TV results. As I continue to review May TV here in the World Wrestling Federation. And I say continue because remember last episode number 79, we covered the weekend of May 2nd through the 4th. So if you missed that, you want to go back and listen to that episode covering all of the TV Superstars Challenge, Primetime Wrestling for that weekend, as well as Saturday night's main event. Lots of big things happened there. We saw the debut of the Barber gimmick in the ring, Adrian Adonis' final match, Killer Khan return to the World Wrestling Federation, the great debate between Ken Patera and Bobby the Brain Heenan, leaving Heenan in that neck brace. So much coming out of that weekend, but so much coming ahead. Yes, on the next episode, episode 81 of The Grenade, we continue on with May TV for 1987 in the WWF as the Doctor of Style Slick sings for the wrestling fans. And I ain't talking jive soul, bro. Brutus Beefcake, gonna visit his barber shop. No, not that one. We're gonna learn all about the birds and the bees as the Birdman Coco Beware teams up with Jumpin' Jim Brunzel and B. Brian Blair in six-man tag team action. Also, some big matches coming up on next episode of The Grenade. Davey Boy Smith going one-on-one with Brett the Hitman Hart. 
demolition have their hands full as they take on the teams of the Rougeau brothers and the Islanders in back-to-back weeks, plus George the Animal Steel taking on the Honky Tonk Man, Intercontinental Champion Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, toughest match to date on TV, taking on the natural Butch Reed, plus Killer Khan going one-on-one with Outback Jack. Can't wait to see what happens there. Ken Patera will also make his epic return to the ring on TV, taking on the mighty Hercules. And we'll see yet another babyface versus babyface tag team matchup. This time the Islanders get aggressive when they battle the killer bees in the ring. Plus, we'll talk about a locker room fight between Billy Jack Haynes and Iron Mike Sharp. And the Macho Man cuts one of the greatest promos ever as he talks about being the cream of the crop. All of that, plus the final match of Blackjack Mulligan here in the World Wrestling Federation. And you guessed it, sound bites galore coming your way next time here on The Grenade. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. For fast relief of acid indigestion, use 1,000 milligram strong extra strength Rolaids, the only antacid in an assortment of mint flavors. Okay, guys, I want to thank you one more time. It does not go unnoticed. Your loyal support means so much to me. It's the drive that keeps me going. It's the thing that gets me to record shows even when I'm not 100% like right now. Again, I want to apologize for my voice in and out a little bit here throughout this episode of The Grenade, but it had to be done. I had to keep it going, and we'll be back again next week. Episode 81, going to start looking at the TV here in May of 87. I just touched on a lot of the things we'll be discussing next week. Going to be a hell of a fun time, but until then, I want to remind you guys to check us out on social media, on Twitter at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And I got to ask you guys, I hate to sound like I'm begging, but we could really use your help. Let me know you're there. Let me know that you care. You can show your appreciation if you can afford to do so by subscribing to the $5 all access tier over at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That's patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. There are multiple tiers to choose from. Some really great tiers higher than the $5 level. But I ask you guys, just give it a start at that all access tier. Get so many great things. All of my insanely detailed show notes, early access to many of the episodes of the podcast, digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure, and of course, our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series and so much more, all of that for the low, low price of just $5. No subscription. Cancel any time. Give it a try for a month. I think you'll like the content we offer, and every penny of it, guys, I promise you, goes right back in to the Copia Podcast Network and making these shows better for you. And with all of that out of the way, it's time to say goodbye. I'll be back next week. More great wrestling grenade goodness on the way. More May 1987 in the WWF on the way. And of course, sound bites galore. So stay tuned, guys. More grenade coming around the corner. And until then, this is Ray Russell saying, from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and I'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. I'll see you next week. Don't miss it. Be there! We got a date. Yeah, we got a date, but I ain't talking about the type of date where a guy picks up a chick. Yeah, no, 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 no. Completely different! I'm talking complete mental insanity. I'm talking, uh, yeah.